Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 282. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey. And also here, not planned, was not scheduled to be here, but uh, fate intervened in the form of a pooch and Connor with a broken arm (laughs) is here. Raise your hand if you were uh, attacked by a dog and broke your arm this week. (laughs) <laughs> raise no, your other arm. Raise both arms if you were. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. I have been foiled. Connor, what, what's it like to uh, relive Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Um, annoying. It's is is the worst. It's it's painful. Less painful than I assumed. But uh-huh. God damn, it's annoying. When did your professor become a werewolf, though? It's soon, probably. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, so to the dog that attacked Connor whilst he was walking outside, which knocked him over and broke his arm in two places, uh, I do have an official statement I would like to read from Comics from the Multiverse and Mail Fuzz TV to said dog. The statement reads as follows. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> So I'm thinking when Connor's like, I got attacked by a dog and broke my arm. I'm thinking it's like a John Wick movie where the dog <laughs> got his arm. No, the dog knocked him dead. I, I had like body a thick jacket on, so I uh, fairly padded from, from mm-hmm. that side of things. Um, no, I was walking on the edge of the, you know, on the edge of the pavement. Dog jumped, knocked me down. I fell into the road. I was very lucky there were no cars coming. Uh, and I landed... Uh, I don't know how I managed to break the elbow, so on the outside of my elbow, uh-huh. and then the inside of my wrist. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 both the leverage like, points. Yeah, but, I, like, they're on the opposite side. So I, I get landing mm-hmm. on the elbow. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. But the wrist is on the inside. It's calcium deficient because you can't drink milk because you'll shit yourself. Is it, po- is it possible that you yourself landed on the wrist? Like so, so the the concrete yeah. broke the elbow and then your ass broke the the wrist. Yeah, <laughs> possibly, but I don't remember landing like. I, I'll be honest, I don't remember a lot of how I landed. I just remember <laughs> it's all a blur. You get PTSD. I mean, <laughs> literally, I remember the owner pulling the dog off, me getting up and thinking, "Oh, well, that hurt," but oh well. Oh, the owner and, was there. I thought it was a rogue dog. No, the, no, <laughs> it, it had a lead on, but obviously, it like the the owner had let go, so, like as the dog had charged. So it wasn't you know. a vicious dog. The dog was just saying hi, and you weren't ready for it. Quite possibly. <laughs> but also, I was not. Prepared. I had earphones in. I wasn't looking. I looked around, and about two feet away, there was a dog running full sprint at me. Uh, okay, this is getting funnier. I did not know that the owner yeah. was there and that it was possible no, the, the dog the was just saying hello. Off, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the... This went from a nightmare, like a nightmare scenario with Cujo <laughs> to Connor just be taken, like, <laughs> get a comedy of errors. I, I didn't think it was that bad at first. I was like, oh, well, that hurt. I got oh. up and the owner was the... like, yeah, you're right. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And, and I thought the I was. Mate... The makeshift plastic uh, sling, though that that's the real money. Oh no, that was a that was a proper fabric. Oh, it was like from a first aid kit. Yeah. Oh, it looked like a plastic. Like yeah, you just, just the way back it from work. Mm. Yeah, no, it was a proper like fabric strip from uh-huh. a first aid kit. But basically, I was 
significantly closer to work than I was to home by the time this happened. I was like, all right, well, I'll carry on, get to work. I'll sit down, see how I am, see if I can work. Uh, After five minutes, it became pretty clear that, no, I'm not going to be able to work. I should probably <laughs> go home. The managers insisted on bandaging it up in a sling. And uh, and uh, they, they phone page to make sure I went to get it looked at because I was just like, no, I'll be fine. I'll just sleep it off. <laughs> God, I was like, I've been meaning to try a new whiskey. This one's called... Forget it all. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was broken. Jeez. Oh, so then I had to spend you know, an hour on the phones trying to get an appointment at a, a hospital because I didn't want to go and sit in A&E for yeah. you know, a long time. Especially as right now, with COVID, they make you sit in your car and not right. in the waiting room. And I do not have a car. And it is December. <laughs> cold. So it'd be just standing in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this keeps getting funnier and funnier. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if, like, some crack journalist, like, uncovers a photograph of the dog in question and it's, like, a like a one foot tall, like, little poodle or something like that. Just to add insult to injury. No, it was like a like a large staffy. So, like, mm. a pretty chunky, heavy dog that yeah. has some force on it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the current part of it, no, because again, when you said you were attacked by a dog, my brain goes to, oh, grabbed his arm and shook, and that's how it broke. Well, it was trying and to get, then, on my, it was trying to get on my arm, but the, uh, yeah. the owner pulled like the other arm, obviously that was up, not on the floor. Right. Uh, but the owner was like pulling it off pretty quick. Man, yeah. as Connor uh, walked away, the owner bent down and patted the dog and goes, "Good boy, good boy." It's it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's very frustrating because I don't know when I can go back to work. I've got to wait another week before I can get, get it looked at again by the fracture specialists. Right. Well, at least you didn't have to get a rabies shot or any kind of thing yeah. like that. You know, because it wasn't yeah. a wild dog. No, no, that's we, true. We'd have to have a fundraiser to try and find a cure for rabies. <laughs> Whole fun run and everything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, uh, I, I don't know how long we'll be off work for. So I've got to wait over a week to get it looked at to see if it needs to go in a right. cast or anything like oh. that. You figure at your job, there could be jobs that you can work that don't have a... In to theory, use that yes, but I only work in the kitchen, so it makes it a lot right. more complicated. And Man, they fought wars with one-armed chefs. You'll be fine. It's whether or not they'll let me, though. No, I know. Because, you know, annoying. Well, believe it or not, this is a DC Comics podcast. We talk about comics every week. We read our DC Comics and we, we talk about it. But we had to address Connor's broken arm at the top of this show. There was no way that was not going to be the first topic of conversation. But no. Uh, but the elbow, though. How do you break the elbow? It, it does mean, though, that Carl's going to be on the show, like, guaranteed for like at least the next few weeks. So Who'd, <laughs> who'd we piss off in hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Yes, so look, look forward to that, I suppose. Uh, but yes, uh, so coming up on this week's show, we actually have quite a mighty list. Me and Matt had a fairly late show last week, uh, relatively speaking. No, oh, uh, I couldn't have been on that one, could I? No. <laughs> so, uh, this week we have Justice League Incarnate Issue 1, Batman Fear State Omega Issue 1, Detective Comics Annual 2021 Issue 1, we have Action Comics 1037, Wonder Woman Annual 2021 Issue 1, Nightwing Annual 2021 issue. I'm going to stop saying issue one for these annuals, all right? 2021's yeah, enough. Just, yeah, just the annual because... <laughs> I think that's they why even... they renamed them. Because, yeah. So you don't yeah. have to say annual yeah, number, year. whatever. Yeah. It's, just, it's just the year. That's uh, it. So, Robin Annual 2021, uh, Batman the Detective issue 6, Wonder Girl issue 5, Human Target issue 2, 
Uh, Connor <laughs> was determined to read Wonder Woman Historia the Amazons issue one. So he's here to talk about that. Did Matt read that? No. But I did read Justice League Dark Annual 2021. Oh, you don't? I didn't. Oh, oh maybe, great. Maybe that's what the hot take was. Oh, there I we go. Ah, there we go. That's no, better. No, I wish I would have read uh, Wonder Woman Historia or the Wonder Woman Annual over something else that I read, but we'll get there. Oh, something else? Oh, there's another thing. Actually, just like that, is, is it still, was it a Ram V issue still? It was Ram V and Dan Waters, which I'm surprised. Uh, okay, so that should not be the hot take book. <laughs> You, you, I'm not going to give anything away, but it literally mm -hmm. could be any of the books we've mentioned. Well, yes, that is kind of how it works. Yes. For for the for the audience, before we started, Matt revealed that that, that he didn't enjoy one of the books and he wasted his time and should have read something else instead but didn't tell us which one yeah and we can't figure out which one it is I, yeah i'm not entirely sure well there's one that, there's one that i kind of think it could be based on how i felt but like i don't feel you i don't know if you'd be that strong on it but anyway. um, I'll, I'll so i'll tell you that um it it's not human target I that much well i'm not surprised at that because yeah you know I, I know what you thought of issue one so i'll, I'll you know I'd be shocked if issue two was as much of a departure that you were that upset mm -hmm. about it. Uh, so that was almost the whole list, uh, but Connor's doing a Patreon book as well. He picked a hell of a week to add a Patreon book. I, I should have done a Patreon book this week, and I said, no, I'll do Animal Man next week because I read 10 books and half of them were goddamn annuals or equivalent size. Uh, so hefty I, week. I admit it was a bad week, but I owe like four issues, so I kind of needed to. Well, it's... Car is terrible. You know, everyone could just, you know, agree on that. Uh, I'm argue. Send doggy treats to the address at the bottom of your screen to the dog who injured him. So, yes. So that's what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. That's 13 total books that will be discussed yeah, in some gonna... capacity on this show. We're going to get through some of them quicker, I'm sure. Uh, I should have made a coffee, shouldn't I? Every time Matt yeah. says that, it completely backfires. Like, he's almost jinxing it by saying that. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Because, um, I mean, uh, there's, there's the thing with annual stories, though, is, like, a lot of them are kind of these standalone -y type things. And, like, just to tip my hand, like, I love the Robin book. I don't have a lot to say about the annual. So, you know. Oh, is that the hot take book? Just because no. you don't know doesn't mean that we don't have a lot to say about no, it. No, but when when I'm not dragging us down, on, <laughs> you know, well, then so, it goes by quicker. So you're so, admit, you're admitting that there's a good percentage yes. of each conversation that's your fault. <laughs> oh, we do 100. <laughs> percent So so yeah, so that's what I said. When I'm not adding into things, it goes by quicker. So. I know what you meant when you said 100%, but it almost said like you were implying that you were 100% of the conversation <laughs> being Connor contributes zero. <laughs> yes, that is 100% of the narcissism. <laughs> That's my narcissism yes. Uh So yeah, big, big week for books. So buckle in, everyone, but don't worry, because there's still time for everyone's favourite segment before we get started on the books. It's Batman. <laughs> I'm going to say X-Men, just based off the of last couple weeks we've got. It's Batman and X-Men. At, uh, well, number one on Comicsology Top 10, which is the segment we're doing, if you let me introduce what the actual segment is before start yelling guesses at me. Uh, yes, number one is the Batman Annual, uh, which is funny because yes. 
which is funny. I know because we didn't read this, and the reason why we didn't read this is because this is actually a Ghostmaker story. It's the conclusion to the Ghostmaker backup that was in the Batman Mm -hmm. book. So it was actually an easy skip for us, which is good because it was such a busy week that it was nice to have one to just be like, oh, well, we can just do all that. Another annual. I know. (laughs) Uh, So that was number one, which is just a a good example of it says Batman on the title, so it's sold. But I imagine that most people aren't thrilled that it's a Ghostmaker issue. I mean, I don't know if everyone feels about Ghostmaker like we do, but I feel like... Oh, I'm sure not, but yeah. not but not to the extent where it's easily the number one selling book, I would, though. I would say in yeah. its defense, I would expect it to sell quite well still, because obviously it is continuing backups from the main book. A lot of people will be reading that and just have this on their poll and just continue mm. reading it, because it's the final part of that story. They'll get yeah, it out uh, of obligation. How many, how many people get it out of obligation because it's on the pull list automatically, but then never read it? That's why it went back into my poll list, which I'll get on a slower week. <laughs> I, think I need all the tight end bat books. I, I, I have a problem. Yeah, I just, I, I suspect that the actual reading rate or satisfaction rate of this one yeah. is probably in the lower side. But hey, uh, that's number one. Uh, number two is X Men: The Trial of Magneto, issue four. So X Men was the second we, book. We called it X Men yeah. and Batman. Yeah. I mean, that's been pretty what is consistent. This, the nineties. Yeah, that's been pretty consistent for about 30 years now. I mean, that's that's not like a hot take of a guess. That, I think it's been pretty consistent for about a year and a half now since since Hickman reinvented that line. Right, but... Before that, X-Men Hickman's... were not in the top sellers. No. But they've been there before. It's not yeah. like it's not like a, a there's, shocking there's development. Ebbs, no, there's ebbs and flows with, with X-Men that's not there with Batman, but Batman's been pretty consistent, like Pete said, the last 30 years. X-Men ebbs and flows depending on, like, if they're the center of what's going on in Marvel or not. And, you know, for a while it was, you know, uh, Avengers that was kind of Pretty pushing. Pretty all of the all of the 2010s from, like, AVX mm-hmm. onwards. Yeah. The Xbox so. were nowhere to be seen in these tops. No. Uh, well, regardless, number three is Darth Vader. So Star Wars is unfortunately go. still... This is very good. I'll take your word sure. for it. Uh, number four is Nightwing Angle, so that's nice to see Ooh. that they're ranking fairly well. Uh, number five is Volume Three of Once in Future, uh, which is slightly discounted, but not much. It's not like well, a proper it sale. Has, I think the sale just ended. It was the first volume was one dollar, and volumes yeah, two we, and three were both two dollars each. Yeah, we went over this last week, okay? Yeah, because well, they they that. infested the top ten last week. Connor, every time Connor comes back after not being here for a week or two, he starts bringing up things that we already spoke about in the previous well, weeks. What you're saying is not that reduced. It, like the sale ended yesterday. <laughs> that's that's so, still yeah, right? Because we had a very trade heavy infected top ten last week between that and Hawkeye, which is still discounted for the record. Uh, although it has went down the charts a bit. Uh, but yes, what's the future volume three, uh, number five, number six is Marauders issue twenty six, more X book stuff. Uh, number seven is Amazing Spider Man issue eighty. Uh, was is that still Spencer doing that up to issue? I think 80? that's the f- maybe the final issue of that. Oh, maybe okay. that's um, a good I run. Think, I mean, uh, actually, I don't know if they're renumbering or not. It might be the first issue of the new run, um, where it's they're doing like the writers' room. It's going weekly. Oh, they've done that before, yeah, because they've done Yeah. Like, like, no, this is Gleason and Wells them. and Thompson and Ahmed, and it says Ziegler, so... That must have just started then in the last yeah. issue or two. Uh, oh, so yeah, like, it's weird seeing a story by Pat Gleason, right? Yeah, well, that, a little bit, I guess. Um, so it is the start of the weekly era then. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so expect this every week then, I guess. Yeah, because they did this before. They did this before, before slot. The Dan slot one, yeah, before yeah. slot, there was like a period where it was yeah. weekly for a while. Yeah, the, that's the last time I read Spider-Man. I, I, because the trades used to only be four or five issues each, so you literally got a new trade of Spider-Man like every month. <laughs> it was yeah. like weird. Uh, but yeah. Uh, number eight is Once in Future Volume 2, and number nine's Volume 1, so they're still just <laughs> trickling out. Uh, number ten is Hawkeye Volume 1, which is still a dollar uh, for people who wish it. Uh, I'll go a bit further, though, since trades infected things. Daredevil issue 36 comes in oh, at yeah, number yeah. 11. Then Hawkeye Volume 2 is there. Uh, and then we get to Detective Comics Annual, so that's not too far down the list. Uh, and then you've got a mix of more X-Books, more Hawkeye trades. interesting Action... thing to me is here, before you, you, you haven't even got to it yet, Batman Annual was at the top of this list. Batman Fear State Omega, which finished off that stuff. Where the hell's that? Oh, give me a minute. Uh, Action <laughs> Comics is next. Um, Yay! So... Yeah, so yeah, it's not it's not too bad. Uh, I think we're asking about things. Uh, also on also on the front page, all the lower end of it, uh, you got Batman the Detective, uh, Human Target, and Just League Incarnate. So not selling amazingly, but if you take out all these trades that were either just on sale or are currently on sale, you get to you know reasonable ish numbers. Probably in that fifteen to twenty range. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Fear State Omega is in the first row of page two, so that's uh, let me just quickly work that out. So how many is it? So it's thirty, number thirty currently. I wonder if that adds a lot of credence to that theory of, well, Batman Annual is it's it's people's in their subscriptions, their pull list. It's just automatically included. Whereas Fear State Omega, you have to actively go yes. and buy. And this is this is actually more of a relevant final issue than that Ghostmaker Annual yeah. is. Yeah. So they just. It shows you how much people, perhaps, on on the whole, obviously lots of people still do pay attention and pick the right things and whatever, but it shows you that on a macro level, there's a lot of people who aren't paying attention, who don't maybe don't know that this is the more relevant book versus the annual. The annual is just automatically in their pool box or whatever, and that's it. And it comes back to, this is why Batman always outsells Detective Comics. It's just, it's because it's called Batman. That's it. Right. It's that and, simple. And the difference here between... First and thirtieth will be thousands, if not tens of thousands, potentially. Uh, well, when you extrapolate it to like the physical book, sure. I don't know yeah. what, what the difference is in comicsology, because who knows? Right. Uh, but yeah, so interesting. Although I did notably beat Just Lee Dark Annual uh, and the Wonder Woman Annual, uh, which are just in the next row. So yeah, very very busy week uh, for books. A lot of competition, which is rare for a week five. Which is what this was. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a week five for DC. For DC. It was not a week five for Marvel because Everyone Wednesday. Else was week five yeah, next month. Because Wednesday was the first, so this <laughs> so it was weird. There's a weird thing to consider this week, but uh, although notably DC had enough regular books that got delayed to the fifth week that it did not feel like a week. I mean, it was a bunch of annuals, but other than that, it did not feel like a week five. Mm. Not at all. So. Yeah. Uh, although one annual did get pushed to next week out because when I was looking ahead, the Superman annual is not till next week. So uh, there is one annual left for us to look at. Um, oh, joy. But uh, cool. There you go. That's Kamasology top 10. Uh, interesting enough results, I suppose, this week. And there you go. Uh, I did not see any news when I looked. Uh, I don't know if anyone's no, got anything. Yeah. No. I'm not surprised, really. Uh, well, without further ado, then, we can start talking about books. Uh, so, first up on the list this week, 
Justice League Incarnate Issue 1, Joshua Williamson writing with Dennis Culver, uh, also writing, and then, like, three artists. Uh, my new rule is if there's more than two artists, I'm not writing them down, because I can't be arsed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my rule. Oh, boy. I think that's fair. I must say we won't I, mention I them, but... Fair, but... I don't know, it's just, well, because they also, this is also the timestamps that I'm writing down that appear in the thing, like, and it just ends up being this big, unwieldy amount of text. So we have uh, Brandon Peterson, Andre Brasson, and Tom Derenick. Yeah, exactly. All, if Matt wants to split fill in, well. would I decide not to write them down? That's no, okay. Now I'm going to have to have the title page pulled up for each book. So thanks, Pete, <laughs> for extra work on my part. Well, not every book. Pete, Pete doesn't respect artists enough. Just just yes. the ones that have more. No, this is, this is me. This is like a low-key complaint that there's too many artists, right? This is me saying, no, enough of this. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think there's too many artists when they split it up. It's not like... Like here, there's there's almost a reason, and I I'm fine with multiple artists handled like this. I I so. I will stick up for it a little bit. When we, I think when it's uh is it Omega? But I think I'll stick up for it a little bit and how they split mm-hmm. up the artists. I think here it's a bit less. I mean I know there's different artists, but to be honest, for the most yeah. part. That... Do you know what I think the problem is here? Because yeah. I, I art styles I, are very similar. Yes. Yes. If yeah. you're gonna do different art styles for different Earths, that's a fine yeah. idea, but make them distinct. They're still right. similar enough here that it feels like they're trying to all be. Roughly the same style. They're, they're all trying to be house style, basically. Yeah, and as a and result, it's not. It just kind of feels like the art's subtly changing in a way that's unsatisfying, as opposed to like, oh, I feel like I'm in a different world now. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a thing. We start with the uh, what are they called? The Retaliators uh, from yeah, Earth Eight. Basically, the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they I, have a character called Big Baby, which I always forget. Uh, <laughs> who's their Hulk like? Who's just a giant blue? It's like a big baby head. It cracks me up. He's actually his head's. He's, he's got like it's almost like he's got a Sinestro head. Yeah, <laughs> not Sinestro. Um, Hector Hammond. Oh, okay, I Hector think. Hammond. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I say the haircut's more Sinestro though, which is maybe I think yes, why I thought of him for sure. For uh, sure. So, yeah, I did laugh actually when they because I had a couple of pages and you hear them say their ver- version of Avengers yeah. Assemble and it's like Retaliators reta- Rampage. Yeah, I was like, that's so shit. I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, especially like as this book goes, I can tell that Williamson was having fun with some of the Marvel things, but also you could definitely tell, like I could feel the super DC nerds going like, "Yes, oh sure, this shows how oh yeah how superior I, we are." I have no idea. Like, There's a dozen people somewhere who uh-huh. saw the retaliators and was like, oh my god, the retaliators are finally getting their time. Finally getting their time in the sun. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm talking about more what, what happens later uh, in the book to the retaliators. Oh, sure, oh, sure, sure, and, sure. And, and they're not Thanos. There, there's, um, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to get into, I think. The, the, the one so, that is inevitable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Well, well, unfortunately, no one can stand in the way of Darkseid when he wants his crack, okay? So we'll talk about Darkseid wanting exactly. crack later on. Uh, <laughs> so we. <laughs> I'm, just at, once. I'm just laughing at Matt. <laughs> so, uh, so this is the Earth that uh, Machine Head's from. So this this nicely ties yep. it into you know the previous story. Um, mm-hmm. What was that? Yeah, it feels like a proper sequel. What was that book called? Infinite Frontier. Uh, Infinite Frontier. Yeah, Infinite that's the one. Frontier. The yeah. one that this whole current era is named after. Yes. Shut up. Uh, so. Basically, they're like, something's wrong, and Multiverse, Miss Dr. Multiverse, that was the name, mm-hmm. uh, 
shows up with Machine Head's head and is like, yeah, this is what's left of him. Something's not right. Multiverse is in upheaval. And big, like, flash symbol appears in the sky. And uh, was it Tartarus? Comes Tartarus. Who's <laughs> their Thanos? Which, let me just say, this is how why I love Williamson. Because mm-hmm. it would be easy to name him something closer. But of course, he goes with a T name. But, like, Thanos being the Greek word for death or similar mm-hmm. to it. Tartarus being the prison that held the Titans. Like, again, the like, there's definitely thought that goes into this Earth 8, you know, Marvel ripoff. That's, you know, doesn't feel lazy. And I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, that went right over Pete's head when he read it. That's fine. What? That, that Thanos and Tartarus. With the name. Oh, right. Uh, I mean, I was just trying to think of puns with tartar sauce, to be honest, because I thought the name sounded silly. <laughs> I thought maybe he refers to his his, his uh his juices as as tartar sauce. No, 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 no. Tartarus. God, man, <laughs> how do you read Wonder Woman? You just shut off your brain. Like you see these words, you're just like, I don't know what that means. It's close to tartar sauce. <laughs> I'd just like to say that I'm quite glad he didn't read the story. Oh, boy. oh, really? Okay, nice. That would have been. And I don't mean that as in like, you know you're missing anything, but, like, the way my brain works is, like, oh, no, that's a Greek word. This is outside the Greek. And Peach is like, yep, okay, moving on. Yeah, tar- Does tar- not care. Tartar sauce, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sauce. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so we kind of, we cut away at that point, uh, and we go to uh, Avery, uh, and it, mm-hmm. took, it took me a split second to realize, oh, yeah, wait, Williamson's writing this book, so naturally he wants to give his character a spotlight. <laughs> Did we, um... Wait changed something right. in this book since it was originally announced because from memory when this was announced I thought the Flash in this book was going to be Wally I don't think so I don't I remember. misremembering because Avery was a key not a key piece but he was hinting towards her in Infinite Frontier I, like, I don't I, have a problem with this I'm just maybe yeah. I just misremembered I don't remember like I never remember the solicits for things like books could change their entire premise between solicit and when they came out and I probably yeah. wouldn't notice 90% of the time so <laughs> I'm I'm okay because this again reminds me of John's and and I know I always say that when it comes to Williamson but having I'm I'm reading Stars and Stripe right now which was his first DC and there's a lot of he Williamson definitely you can tell comes from that school of John's when it comes to delving into character histories <sighs> and then if, even if the, anyone's got their bingo card out for for comics in the multiverse uh, uh matt bringing up that williamson is the new version of jeff johns like take that box off now <laughs> yes but i'm just saying like i'll oh, just wait till you're talking about jason and, and I, i'm just saying matt i feel like i've heard you make this point like 50 times no i know but like <laughs> every time i read it becomes more apparent and just like here with avery right i feel like avery is his star girl and if he gets a chance to use Avery, especially in his like this and this big mm-hmm. multiversal type thing where you need a flash, it just it makes sense. And I'm I'm happy for that. I wonder you know? if that's it's... why I'm enjoying Williamson books less now that it goes on. Because I don't think this book's terrible. I just to get out of the way. But I don't love it. It's fine. But, it's exactly that's, the kind of thing that I like. And so. that's how I felt a lot about yeah. more recent John's books. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, there's some like you know, like the classic John stuff I, I still love, but I haven't tried rereading so much of that. So maybe maybe it doesn't hold up as well. We we did a, a piece for the the uh, not so new fifty two last week, 
where we ran mm-hmm. through them all. And Pete had the same same conclusion that you came to about John's. About, no, I, I did not know. You well, I, I was more just that, yeah, he's worked with the exception of Doomsday Clock, which we all, you know, yeah. loved and fond over. Um, like, yeah, his new 52 work onwards, it while there's good stuff in there, it's none of it compares to his big runs from before that. Um, is it, what right. you guys in new 52 is Aquaman, his Justice League, and then Green yeah, the ending of his Green Lantern, I yeah. suppose. Um, and then you've got a lot of the Shazam book and Three mm-hmm. Jokers. Kind of none of which I really like. A lot of it was okay, but uh, you yeah. know, and perfectly readable. And and for someone like me, that when I came up on the John stuff, because of I am a continuity nerd and how you play with all of these different pieces, and that how everything from DC mythology is in play. I just I love that kind of storytelling. Like some people enjoy Morrison's like super out there type stuff. You know, this is just right in my wheelhouse, um, and I thoroughly enjoy it but what he's doing here with avery and you can track her from her appearance in flash right to now i just i i really appreciate that um i'm just i'm giggling to myself because we'll get through some of these quickly so he's the one who says on this jeff john's yeah. tangent <laughs> uh, <laughs> now so so to avery's New issue one was probably not the thing he was thinking of getting. Probably, probably not at all. Uh, so Avery's dealing with uh, was a replicant, replicant, and but it quickly turns okay. to Flashpoint Batman and uh, Calvin Superman, who are in the up in the building, and they're they're kind of like discussing. And Flashpoint Batman's like, "Ah, oh, no, this is a terrible. Why 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 aren't we getting one of the more experienced Flashes?" He's like, "No, she's perfect. Trust me, she's perfect for this. This is the Flash we need. We the Flash for what we're doing." Uh-huh. We should pick I love Avery. the dynamic. It's very Batman and Superman, right? Like, yeah. it's core. I actually, even though it's not really unknown, I kind of dig that he's introduced as Batman Earth Unknown. Like, yeah. Because the, his Earth doesn't exist anymore. So it's just kind of right, like, it's oh. It, it's unknown in the context of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I, I like that as a little touch. Mm-hmm. So, they basically convince her to come and help uh, with almost nothing to the point where, uh, <laughs> the point where Calvin doesn't even finish his sentence before she runs yeah. through the boom tube. And she's like, wait, what? A boob tube? Yeah, come on. <laughs> wait, what's this about Barry Allen? It's like, oh yeah, Barry's kind of kind of like, you know, lost right now and we need to kind of save him and stop Darkseid and uh, the multiverse is sick and Darkseid's trying to t- tap into the power of what's beyond the multiverse and blah, 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 blah. So all that stuff, it's, it's actually kind of a decent little recap when they explain it to her because it's like a nice mm-hmm. little summary of the previous book just in case you've forgotten a lot of the details. Uh, well, you didn't read it. Oh, you didn't read it, uh, but right. you know it, it sort of reestablished. Okay, we got an Aquaman, we got Captain Carrot, we got Thunderer. I'm glad it told me that one because I would never have known who that asshole was. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the Thor Superman type. Yeah, uh, we got Dino Cop. So setting up all these characters again. Mary Marvel's there, uh, not Earth Zero Mary Marvel, but Mary Marvel of uh, Thunderworld. I should ask, Dino Cop, is that like is that new? I don't ever remember encountering Dino Cop before. I don't either. But... Okay. No, I've encountered a wolf cop, uh, a robocop, yes. a bio okay. cop, but never a. Yeah, Dino I was cop. just wondering if, if like. Well, actually, that's not true. I, it wasn't called Dino Cop, but I mean, come on. Whoopi Goldberg was in a, a hit film. Yeah, I knew you were gonna <laughs> called make the, Theodore the, X. Film. Uh, <laughs> is it bad that I remember her character's name? Yes. What, what was it? Katie, and she was an android cop. <laughs> it, it wasn't even something like that was a pun or anything. It was no, just a regular no. name. 
No. I mean, I remember the T-Rex's name was uh, Theodore, but that's because it's the title. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not uh, feeling bad about I, that. By the way, one of the streaming services is dying me to watch Tammy and the T-Rex, Pete, and I blame you. <laughs> watch that raid cut. It's a hoot. You should watch it. Uh, 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 oh, I'm just saying. There's a typo. There's, uh, yeah. a, there's a typo in the title screen. It's great. Hmm. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't come up saying Tammy and the T Rex. It comes up saying Tanny and the T Rex. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> and they didn't fix it. It's so, so amazing. Yeah. Anyway. He keeps like keeps recommending it to me, and I'm just like, not now. It's Christmas. Right? Beat it. Oh, that's <laughs> the only thing stopping you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, they explain the backstory. They explain what's going on to to Avery, and that they've got a cosmic treadmill for her to like you know transport them to quantum different... oh, sorry quantum treadmill yeah. to transport yeah. them so they've figured out that the crack in the multiverse is currently on earth 8 right which we saw at the right. start of the issue so they, they beam there and they show up and there's, there's chaos there's rubble like mm. oh shit what's happened here uh some of the, the retaliators are already dying or dead and not we... falcon is cradling not captain america we find out that they actually knew that Machine Head was working with a Psycho Pirate. They kind of say, no, like, your multiverse has screwed up our Earth so many times that we took a vote and we agreed that he should help. And it's like, okay, that's a little bit interesting. Uh, and then, you know, Tartarus is just wrecking fools <laughs> in the background. Uh, he tore Big Baby in two. Yep. And then, of course, Dark Side shows up and we get some Dark Side versus Tartarus action, uh, which led to... The, the the image I tweeted earlier today when I read this because oh, it made boy. me laugh so much and there's there's some dark side is there's some you know I am the only one blah 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 uh, there's some Doctor Multiverse uh, you know when she looks at like Calvin she sees like every Superman you know, that seems yeah. to be part of her power set is that and that's why they call Doctor Multiverse is because she can cut kind of see every version of you in the multiverse when she looks at you or something like that yeah um, interesting too though is is the metal version of Superman which. That's that's different because that's not quite a multiversal Superman, uh, right? So interesting that that was thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the 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 speech bubble I had to share on Twitter is because they're talking about this crack in the multiverse and it looks like a big Flash logo that's sort of ripped in the sky, mm-hmm. right? So I get it in context, but I got to this bubble and read it, and it just made me laugh. Which was right now we have to stop Darkseid from getting his hands on that crack. <laughs> So then, Batman's, from that... Batman is a lead <laughs> lieutenant in the war on drugs. So from this point on, every time they said crack, all I could hear was crack cocaine in my yep. head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's what it is. Anyway, so Dark Side Rex, not Thanos, snaps his neck. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was having fun with the absurdity of some of this stuff. No, notice how not Thanos activated the powers of all the lantern. Yeah, like, that's true. Looks, yeah, looks suspicious like Infinity Gauntlets. It does, and that's, yep. that's why I I can hear the DC people that hate uh, the prevalence of the MCU going like, "Yes, see, it's superior still." It's, like, <laughs> it's just a comic. Let's chill. You can like both. I mean, I yeah. actually I did kind of like the idea that he's he's suits made out of like all the lantern powers, yeah. and like that's why he, that's what he's channeling here. Uh, but yeah. Fists. But yeah, there's, there's kind of the a knuckles. there's kind of a connection, yeah, to the you know the Infinity Gauntlet and the, the gems. Uh, so, Darkseid pisses off because they actually are able to like 
Doctor Multiverse and Avery are able to vibrate or some shit, and it makes the crack yeah. go to another yeah, so universe. So basically, Sorry, did you say they vibrate the crack? They vibrate they the vibrate crack, the yes. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glossing sucks. over it because it's just a bunch of nonsense, like flash science that we get every so often. Like, I, I know. Just, but, but I do like how they're uh, Williamson's building them as this not a dynamic duo exactly, but. They're the two types that needed is that like Avery needed to be talked up, right? Doctor Multiverse, Doctor Multiverse, who we find out is a lot like Darkseid to where she's the only one that's in the multiverse. A lot like Darkseid's the only. They're they're solo beings. Um, that you know they need these two to work in conjunction to stop whatever is going forward. Uh, and I did I did like that. Yeah. So. The team decide to follow Darkseid through his boom tube because he's trying to follow with the crack in uh, the multiverse. Only the crack. I, I keep wanting to say a crack in time because there's a Ratchet and Clank game called a crack in time. Uh, Good game. But it's not exactly what this is, obviously. And wasn't it a rift in time? No, it was a crack in time. What was rift? Rift apart. Yeah, you think a rift apart. Yeah, different game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in time. That's a <laughs> I've never heard of this. Now I must know. <laughs> oh, it's for PS3. So wow. Thank you, going. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm shot at map. Been so interested in googling a Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, so yeah, so the, so those back at the base are then confronted with a surprise appearance of Orion, who's like, "Yes, I'm coming after Darkseid." And, and um, his dog that looks like the one that attacked Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was it. Oh, it was that dog. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, it's the new god's fault, is it? Um, yeah. So, yes, he's like, we have to make the multiverse bleed to beat Darkseid. What does that mean? I, I, well, I don't, I'm sure we'll find out next issue. Yeah. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the army of Darkseid is following him here, so we're, we're, we got a big uh, bit of combat coming to uh, the House of Heroes, yeah, apparently, heroes. Uh, next issue, as well as, of course, uh, whatever happens with the main team following Darkseid. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this some credit, this issue, in that I was a little bit worried that it was going to get really messy and it was just going to be a lot of things happening. I think it did a pretty good job of always having a, at least a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek sense of humour bet- between like the Marvel comparisons and just some of the the weird dialogue. Like It, it, it seemed to be having fun with what it was doing. And I think I w- it was easy to follow. It made it very... It, it, it reminded me enough of what it needed to remind me of in the previous book that it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not lost at all. I'm following this quite well. Um, yeah. It was it was an easy going read, I think. Plus it was fun. And it it I, felt like a Justice League book whereas Infinite Frontier felt like its own thing. This does feel like a Justice League of the multiverse story. Yeah. So, got it. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to like, spending more time with some of the characters. I wonder if... Mm-hmm. Some more of the the B squad who are left behind get more time soon mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that'd be that'd be cool. See, uh, and they are so okay. Like, like we said at the start, mm-hmm. though, it's pretty just house stylish. Yeah, it's messy with the changes as well. Yeah, um, I probably like the art at the end the most, whichever artist that happens I, to be. I but... I like the Brandon Peterson stuff, which is the Earth Eight. I think it fits that. It's almost like Hitch and Ultimates. Kind of. Yeah, I think I agree with the Earth Eight stuff. The the stuff at the end, which I think was Tom Derenick, was uh-huh. for me by far my least favorite. I mean, it's it's fine. It's just heavy on the inks, and it feels different. I think, I think the heavy on the inks works really well for Orion. I think Orion looks quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
But yeah, individually, I don't think like we'd be talking about the art if, if this was all one artist, right? I think it would have just been just fine. It, it would I think been, any, yeah, any like, one of these artists would have been fine. Because mm-hmm. like, sometimes we you know, we go in depth on the art, there's a lot to talk about, but sometimes yeah. it's a throwaway line at the end of the review. It's like, oh, the art was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah, not much to like say. Each, but I feel, I almost feel like them splitting it up gave us more to talk about. It did. So, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a positive talking point, though. It was a negative, mildly negative yeah. talking point. Yeah. So. so, yes. Drama, excitement, hurrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what are you rating Just League Incarnate issue one? Uh, 7.5. Connor? I'm going to give it a six. It's fine. Uh, I'll go with a straight it's seven, I think. Bad fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they, they do with this. Uh, so, neat. Batman, Fear State Omega, issue one. James Tyne in the fourth with, like, four writers. Or, sorry, four artists. <laughs> Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say, like, I, I think this the separation in this one does work better. Although, I will say the first time it switched from uh, uh, Federici, who's his first artist, I was like, oh no, he's not in the whole book. Like, because I was really liking the art in that first part. And then it switched to, and it, it does switch back. And I do think that the, 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 the part they picked for him to do does suit his art because it's like Scarecrow and Batman talking in the rain. And I think, Moody okay. nighttime. Yeah. So it works. But like the first time it switched to like another artist, I was like, oh no. Yeah. I, uh, I, I didn't realize I recognized Federici's art as well as I do because mm. I didn't look at, who the artists were on this book, I opened up the first page, I was like, ooh, Federici. And then I, I actually yeah. like, flicked back to the cover to check. I was like, oh yeah, it is. As, as an Ivy fan, I'm upset that the Ivy stuff was done by March. <laughs> yeah. I could just hear the d- desperation in the voice as he said that. Uh, so I actually really like the concept of what this, how this book like is bookended, or like what the mm-hmm. framing device is, which is, so it's Scarecrow has been transported uh by the police and he does mm-hmm. try to escape early on but batman's like waiting for it he knows it's happening so yeah. it, be- it becomes batman personally escorts scarecrow to his new uh you know place at the arkham tower um like in the batmobile and they basically debate like the you know is this good that like fear state failed is it bad that fear state failed uh, obviously it's scarecrow who's arguing it's bad that it failed but right. um it is basically it offers a device for Batman to say how a lot of these like especially the new characters that may not get used again by other writers like so here's like, how where Clown Hunter is here's where Miracle Molly is now and we get like a little epilogue to all these various characters yeah. and what's it happening. felt like Miracle Molly they left in a place where she could be left for a while mm-hmm. or or well, they not, could but... break break into Blackgate and get her out you it's know. Possible. Uh, Clown Hunter felt like the one most likely to get reused because it was Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker, right? Yeah, they, they go off into the sunset for me never to see yeah, either again. Yeah. Well, I actually don't mind Clown Hunter, but like I'm okay with Clown Hunter and uh, Ghostmaker yeah, just I'm disappearing. Not, I'm not like thrilled about the idea of seeing lots of Ghostmaker, but I feel like those two as a pairing that were already like you know paired together are the most likely for another writer to bring back when I, they need some backup in the family. Because I, I am definitely okay with never like reading the Ghostmaker book. I'm happy with that. Uh, but this Federici art at the start is gorgeous. Like, just, just the, the panels of like, the van in the rain just looks really mm-hmm. nice. There's just so much that, mood. I, so, I really like the discussion. See, see the, the guards at the front of the, you know, who are driving the truck. I really like the discussion of like, oh, it's weird, like, driving around one of these big bads and the other guy's like, is Scarecrow, does he count as one of the big mm-hmm. bads? And the other guy's like, he does mm-hmm. now. And I'm like, I kind of like this. I like this progression. 
And it, it kind of like came back again later when Batman brings up that a lot of, there's a lot of villains who have actually kind of like turned, like, you know, between yeah. Clayface, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, like there's a lot of villains who have kind of worked through their shit and came out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And this idea that like Scarecrow is not that, he's never going to be that. Uh, I, I, I like yeah. the Batman referencing that. I, I really like that. Like, being, it's... Because we've talked about it. We've talked about how there's uh-huh. a lot of villains now who have flipped. So I like that the right. in-universe, the characters are acknowledging it and saying, hey, right. this has happened. Right. And, and it's not and just I like that. It because... It's more the idea that the scale of his plan this time, the fact that he got so far into it as well, like it well, almost he... succeeded. To me, he doesn't want to, right? All the ones that have flipped, there's that sense of tragedy. I don't feel tragedy with Jonathan Crane. Oh no, right? he's he's, like, he's too arrogant. He thinks he's right. Yeah, and so he he's like, yeah, you throw it at me this time, but next time, you better hope I don't get out. And and I like that because you need that with as many as we just talked about flipping. You know. Yeah. I, I like the idea that with him, he's always going to try to one up himself now versus like Ivy, who where she is a wild card. Like, if she plotted to destroy Gotham for whatever reason, it would be fine as her teaming up with Harley and Catwoman would be just as fine. Yeah, right? um, and I think, obviously, as what Carter just said there, it's the scale that of what he just pulled off mm-hmm. is bigger, and it's on the level of something that Joker might do, and that's kind of, like, elevated him in a, in a way. It's, it's Scarecrow has always felt like he's on the cusp of being one of the main Bat villains, but he's always felt like the, the upper, the B-tier, rather mm-hmm. than the, one of the A-tier guys. And you know, I think that he's always had that potential, so it's nice that a story's finally sort of treated them mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so... Yeah. Um, well, it sticks, and they, they keep this momentum going with the character. Next time he's in a, a you know feature in a major story, we'll, we'll see. It just kind of yeah. depends. I just I, I like Tynan's voice for him here too, just because you like he brought up the arrogance that's there, and mm. it's still even though he was beat, he's still talking shit to Batman. And know? there's the uh, he's got like the Hannibal Lecter mask on, so he says mm-hmm. quid pro quo at one point. So there's a direct there's an intentional reference to Silence of the Lambs, yeah. which. So. I, I I would like to see them work that mask into the next uh, Scarecrow look. So that's another thing I like that Tynan's done was that he's Scarecrow's one of those types that you can play with the look every time. You know, he's given him back the hat, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a bunch of Scarecrow guns try to break him out of the oh. van. Batman's there to thwart it, uh, as you expect. Um, nice the entrance for Batman. Uh, he's like, "No, oh. I'm going to take you directly myself," and that's when they start talking about the other characters. So Miracle Molly is doing some time uh, in exchange mm-hmm. for like, the rest of the team not having to like be punished yeah uh, and is like sort of t- you know turned over all the information about you know who the like what the magistrate try to make them do and so on so on mm-hmm. um and the fact that the uh, the unsanity collective are sort of rebuilding and helping with uh like get getting the the, the fallen magistrate ship out of the water and all that stuff uh it acknowledges another batman uh it also you <laughs> know which again is is weird because we haven't seen this other Batman in this no. timeline because that book that was supposed to be in a Fear State tie-in ended up set definitively in the future. Yep. Yes. Uh, but then, then we have um, like Amanda Waller and others are buying up some of the tech that the Magistrate had, which it, it's just a, that feels like just a nice footnote, just to sort of like, yeah, this, that would probably happen. I don't necessarily think it means we're going to see anything with them using it, but I mean, we, we no. may. But, but I like the idea of Simon Saint being the sniveling weasel that works for Amanda Waller now. Oh, sure, yeah. 
like uh, that would be good, perfect. We see him in prison briefly, but it kind of sounds like he's going to like get his way out of it, so that he like he'll, he'll mm-hmm. be an advisor to Amanda Waller or someone else yep. just to get away with it. Yeah, they they say uh, he'll work off his debt to society under the the eye of the Watch U.S. Him. military. So basically, he's he's going to pop up in the Suicide Squad book. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'd yeah. I'd be willing to put money on it. Uh, Peacekeeper one uh is <laughs> is at large if anything this feels like the one thing that might be the most likely to pop up at some point soon is the idea that this this demented uh, peacekeeper ones out there wanting to like st- it, still be a vigilante yeah it reminded me of uh spider-man 2 the uh the doc ox scene where his his blade hand just comes up off the table those poor doctors don't know what hit him uh feels proper scary he's starting to feel like terminator-esque yeah mm-hmm. not about that yeah because he's supposed to be dead, because I think they're actually trying to take the parts off him, because it's, it's not quite yeah. an autopsy, but they're trying to take his his weapons off, and he just wakes up and kills them. It's like proper... Uh, I, I don't think he is meant to be dead, because they say he can't be conscious with that much sedative on him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, but it's, same ideas. Like he's, he's supposed to be comp- like a zombie with what they've given yeah. him, and he, he gets yeah. up. Uh, then the, the Ivy stuff, it's basically just the, the gardener saying goodbye to Catwoman, saying she's leaving, mm-hmm. uh, and she wishes her well. Yeah. Uh, more... Well, the Ivy was like, you hid away part of me for years. Like, you you really thought, like, that was a good idea? And so I do like that. I like that there's that edge to Ivy still. Yeah. Uh, also, I forgot to mention it, but I did kind of like that Scarecrow asked, uh, it said he didn't feel right without his mask on, and Batman, like, mm. pulls one of the hoods off of his, his cronies that try to yeah. break him out and gives him that. Yeah. I, I actually love it as well, and as much as I do not like the lettering, you know, with the, that I've complained mm-hmm. about since it popped up in Batman, um, I really like the fact that they chose that moment to switch from a, you know, a standard, you know, white lettering bubble with some black text to yeah. the scarecrow lettering the moment he has the, uh, the well, sack. Well, this, this mask Changes. is, uh, it's basically the one from Batman Begins, right? It's just the sack that he yeah. has on yeah. here. So it really made me think of when he puts the sack on in that movie and then immediately you get the voice modulator that's like, Scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and obviously this is just a random set. There is no voice modulator in it. It's just to show that yeah, yeah. he's Scarecrow now, not Jonathan. Not Crane. Also, the, I love that when Batman breaks about to, to take him in himself, he goes, oh, it's you. Because that, that <laughs> moment's so good. Yeah, uh, Clown Hunter like doesn't like Batman talking to him like he might become a Robin. <laughs> and it says, yeah, I know that won't work. And then he's like, hey, Ghostmaker's different from me. And Ghostmaker's like, Hey, I'll help you to use swords. Just no killing, but I'm better than Batman. Well, swords are cool, right? Yeah, and he's like, "All right, sure, I'll try it." <laughs> yeah, I mean, the baseball bat uh, is still a less lethal weapon than a sword, but Ghostmaker, you do you, bud. Yeah, he, so, he did have the unique bat bat though. Yeah, the bat bat. Yes, of course. So, uh, and that two-page layout with Batman Scarecrow driving through the forest, like, oh, so mm-hmm. good. Just that, Federici just kills it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yep. If they want to give Federici a nice black label Batman book to do, I'd be. It's yeah. it's making me want to reread the Last God, which mm. oh so good. So you know he drops him off. Uh, we got Meridian Chase, uh, who's now Chase Meridian. Sorry, Chase Meridian. Yes, who which is... is from? I mean, that guy's name. I don't remember. You don't remember. That is Nicole Kidman's character from Batman Forever, Pete. I like this less now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This is what I teased. I could not wait for Pete to read. He didn't even realize it. 
I, you know what, I, I was reckon... wondering what, what that tweet was about. Do you know, yeah, I yeah. recognised the name and kind of went, uh, oh, that sounds familiar. I'm sure she's popped up before. And then, yeah. but I never, I never actually realised that's who that was. Uh, yeah. From, well, from the, the, the best Dad Batman movie. Well, does that mean there's going to be boiling acid in the new uh, Detective Comics arc? Maybe there will be. I, but I love, I love when they do this just because it, like, this could have been any new character, but I like the fact that Tynan decided to make it. I mean, this is just Dr. like... Uh... Did Tynan decide this, or was this Tamaki who kind of picked this character for, for their detective stuff going forward? I mean, this Tynan is the sort of thing, it, it could just be a new character, but they figure, hey, we can use that name, and nobody else is going to use it for anything, so why not? Right. And it's a blank slate, because there's nothing really to do besides the fact oh, she yeah. wants Val Kilmer. Like, there's like not, they don't have to, like base anything about her off of that character in that movie no. she's just a doctor no. who's going to be working at arkham tower just, just, the, <laughs> the, uh, just the fact that they're slightly canonizing batman forever it's an open I just, book i think running arkham tower as opposed to working at it yeah yeah running you know head, I got. Head, uh, yeah i got head doctor kind of vibes like she's yeah. the one driving the initiative and all that well she does say my new hospital so um so mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, so it ends of this tease, so it's, it's kind of nice for, like, Tynan to end his, like, final issue, capping off with the, all his epilogue stuff, with a tease for this Detective comic story by showing the tower as he drives off from it. Uh, so so both this and what we're going to talk about in a minute with Detective Comics both, you know, directly lead into what this big story is going to be in tech, which is cool. Uh, so I do appreciate that between the backups from previous issues of Detective and then these two issues, it, it does kind of feel like we've been kind of building up to this Arkham Tower story, and I kind of like that yeah. we're really treating like a big deal. And it, Yeah, and it feels like Tech is going to be, like, I know Williamson's doing stuff with Batman, but it does feel like Tech's kind of the back to being, not, not the flagship Batman book, but... It, it feels like it's the focus for the next couple of months, and then... Right, like, yeah. like it was under Tynan, right? Like, King was doing his thing at the same time at Rebirth, and that Tynan Bat book kind of felt like the spine of the Bat universe. That's how I feel going with this now. Almost like Tynan hand, handed the baton to Tamaki here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- this this issue definitely transitions to the Detective Comics stuff as opposed to the Williams and Batman stuff. That's coming. Yeah, I wonder if that's because he was in more communication with Tamaki and knew what was coming up and like was mm-hmm. helping seed some of it. Whereas Williamson's like this fresh guy who's coming in. Not that he's never, I mean, I'm sure they talk, but like. Fresh to the Bat. Yeah. 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 But he's like completely fresh to the Bat family and he's just here to do his own new story. Well, and Connor can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Tynan's choice to, to go his own way. Not that it was a long time coming, but it kind of came up suddenly. Right? From what I've gathered from reading his stuff, he's, he's kind of been getting bored with superhero yeah. stuff for a while. Um, but basically it wasn't until... Uh, basically until Substack threw a shitload of money at him when right. you can kind of do what you want, that he had the yeah. freedom to be like, I can just step away from this now. And uh, right. I think mm-hmm. that's meant that, yeah, it, it was pretty sudden in the sense of, well, I'm not going to renew this contract anymore, even though he had right. plans to do so before. So yeah, so whatever his plans were that they had worked on in the group, it feels like Tamaki is a little bit more... In, into that and maybe that's why we're getting this weekly story coming up yeah you maybe. know because we do know he he did say a long time ago now but kind of when he when he started staying on the book after 100 which was obviously when mm-hmm. he was meant to leave originally he kind right. of said he had a rough three-year plan yeah uh that's right i remember Gotham. that yeah so he he obviously 
had <laughs> ideas in, in mind back then. And it is kind of a shame in a way, because like, I do think that his Batman book has been better at, like after 100 it's, than before. Yeah, it's progressed a lot. I think like, the and longer I, he was writing, and I the better it. it was getting. Yeah, and I liked it before 100, don't get me wrong, but I think mm-hmm. it's it was uh, the build to fear state, I think, is the best part of his run. I, agree. Yeah. I think there was a very clear difference in his mindset, and I'm not throwing him under the bus here, but it's clear that yeah. the issues, what, 90-something to 100, whatever it was, was maybe eight issues or something like that, were, oh, I, I'm a fill-in. I'm just throwing in some action yeah. issues for, yeah. for half a year just to just to keep the, the book coming out every month. He wasn't putting in, like, oh, I'm building a, a mythos. Yeah, Whereas it was almost like... Afterwards, he, he had this three-year plan. He was like, I'm going to build something. And even oh. if he didn't get all the way to the end of that three years, he still was treating it that way for most of it. I mean, to me, it's it's a nice story that the guy that started off writing backups with Snyder in Batman during the New 52 got to finally take over the Bat title. And it was almost like he was just taking his chance for as long as he could. And then they were like, hey, do you want to do more? He's like, sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, I thought, that was one of the issues I got to sign. I, I only need Capullo to sign that book now. I've got everyone on the creative yeah. team. I think... Nice. Um... We, we we would probably all agree that as a run, his Detective Comics is the better run. But I mean, it got mm-hmm. to run longer, so I mean, it's an unfair comparison, perhaps. Well, and it, it was just, I think, you could tell the passion was there for his tech, just because that was kind of a story that he'd wanted. It was the whole family dynamic there. We always said it felt kind of like an X-book in that way. Yeah, it was uh, fresh and exciting as well at the start yeah. of the with, with his Batman, like I said, it started off kind of rough, but the longer it went, the more I was enjoying it. And in fact, like, Fear State and the build of Fear State is one of my favorite Tynan things that he's done because everything was just handled so well. So, um, yeah, it's just I definitely prefer his tech, but both of them are still really decent. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much looking forward to his newsletter next week because he kind of just said, look, once Fear State Omega's out, he can kind of open up a bit more now that you know he doesn't have to hold anything back. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna do like a big retrospective on his thoughts on Batman now that he's done kind of what he wanted from it. I'm really intrigued to see what he actually says about it and you know, the angle that, that he came at it from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rate Fear State Omega issue one then. Uh, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5. Fair? I'm going to give it an 8. I think it would have been a 7.5, but the Federici art just knocks it up a point or half a point. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight as well. Um, I think it's, yeah. it works really well as a as an epilogue, and I think it it focuses. Obviously, you know, Catwoman and Ivy are a little bit different, but even then, like that that segment's about the gardener, and like right. most of the other segments are about Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, Miracle Molly. It's mostly the characters that Tynan made or threw in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, like he gets to actually write a kind of a, a but they're open. They can they can all show back up. He's left it open for anybody yeah. to use them again. But he's given them all a nice kind of like rating off point, and it's just a yeah. nice little epilogue to his whole thing. Yeah, I want, I want I Oracle say... and good Go Connor. No, I was just saying in his last issue of uh, Batman, I was saying I was a little bit concerned how you know this Fear State Omega was his epilogue issue, and mm-hmm. would it be more dealing with you know Fear State as opposed to his run as a whole? And I think it did end up being more of a an epilogue to his run, yeah. and I think it's maybe a shame they titled this the Fear State Omega issue and not put this under the Batman annual because I think more people yeah I, I think this deserved to be the end of his run for most people who had you know just Batman on their pull lists whereas I think the the Ghostmaker story from Batman annual probably should have just been a Ghostmaker one shot well what's weird is that they've been doing those secret files issues that were essentially what Ghostmaker got as well just it's called the annual right. 
Mm-hmm. So they could have just called that that, and then had this be the yeah. annual. And I, I think that would have been fairer for more people, because I'm certain there are people who read all of Tynan's run, but didn't well, get this issue because they don't, you know, you know, they don't follow but, everything. I don't know, like I, so I, I still pull Batman, um, and this was in my file. Regard, you know what I mean? Because you have a half decent shop that is capable of yeah. making those decisions. But not everyone does, and I'm, I'm thinking, especially when, when we look at the comicsology charts. Yeah. This was what thirtieth, whereas yeah. the annual was number one. How many people yeah. just have Batman on their subscription list and just read every Tynan Batman issue, but didn't read? They probably didn't read Fear State Alpha either, admittedly, but they probably got enough, and then they're missing out this, which I think is more important than Fear State Alpha because this is the end of his run, as opposed to just yeah. the end of that event. Yeah. Plus, I I dug the uh, I think just the vibe of Batman and Scarecrow kind of like having this discussion. Mm-hmm. Like in in the car in the rain as they're going to his new location, I, I think just a really yeah. nice atmosphere. So, uh, cool stuff. So, Detective Comics Annual twenty twenty one, Mariko Tamaki and Matthew Rosenberg writing. I assume Rosenberg is scripting and Tamaki was the the story, but uh, just a hunch. Probably. Uh, David Lapham is on the art. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is kind of the the prologue to this this ten week event the detective mm-hmm. comics is going to do uh and does factor in the tower you know chase is brought up again uh throughout the issue uh-huh. um so and i like a lot what this issue does there's definitely some things and like uh, techniques in here that i'm not <laughs> a big fan of uh i like i like the core idea of what nightwing is trying to teach bruce mm-hmm. i don't like that bruce has forgotten this again yeah uh, sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm more talking. So I, I got a little worried at the start as they were, cause we're doing flashbacks to Bruce with his parents before they died. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are we going to shoehorn into his origin or into his backstory? And I actually was okay with most of it in the sense that it was it was largely just like an example of seeing his dad work with a patient, but it was a patient who was a killer. And there was this moral question of should he help someone who's been a murderer, right? And like that's obviously the core question that's going to like be part of the theme of the story, and that's cool. Um, and I was fine with that because yeah, of course his dad. He saw, he saw his dad do his job, right? This is not like that a regular a sort of something for him to see. Um, when it started hinting that the killer in present day was the son of this guy, uh, I sort of rolled my eyes a little bit and went, "Oh, this is." Mm. It's, is it? It's the moment where young Bruce meets the, yeah. the kid, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the moment where you're like, "Oh." That that was the moment where I'm like, okay, you're doing the thing that I hate. I kind of hate a little bit. That's how a costume made out of chicken bones is pretty metal. I do like the costume. No, I like the costume. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, all the present day stuff, I actually really like for the most part yeah. because uh, I think the the tone of having this serial killer going after uh, what was it again? Blood donors, not blood donors. Clinic. Uh, yeah, so there, people use a the clinic. With, yeah. Yeah, but there's a thing with with that the that even the the character's dad was like. The blood is sacred, and you can't give it to a blood bank. And there's definitely like belongs in Arkham vibes, like uh, it's definitely going it's on. Definitely part of a cult vibes going on. Yeah, yeah, and so I did like that stuff, and that transferring to a son makes sense. I just didn't need, you know, Br- young Bruce and this young meager man to meet when they were kids. Like that was a little bit step too far. Like maybe show him, whatever, if that's what you want to do, because you're telling a story about. Like, not the soul of Gotham, but just like this is something that's always been going on in Gotham, right? Like this, this battle in between 
you know, the people like Thomas Wayne and the people he's trying to help that some people would, you know, say they don't deserve the help or whatever. Um, and that's what makes Thomas and, and Bruce similar is that they're going to help no matter what. Right. So I like all of that, but just say, like Pete said, the kid being right there and it just being so spot on, just a little bit weird. Just a bit on the nose. And it's just, it's just the obvious yeah. thing that I wish they had some restraint with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the I like the actual horror vibes like all all the the, the scenes of like uh the the modern day what what they call them again the, the meager man. man the meager man right so the yeah. the modern meager man like running down with this cloak and these chicken wing wings <laughs> that he's like yeah. made like down the park like stalking his victim like I love yeah. this I, I this like you know serial killer is on the loose in the park like try to kill people yeah. I like that just in case you haven't read this we should say when we say chicken wings they are made out of chicken bones but yes. they are not shaped like chicken wings they look like, um, like angel wings almost they're like yeah. angel wings but yeah they're made out of chicken which is probably my favorite part of the issue is when nightwing and and bruce are on the the roof of this chicken place and dick's like oh so we met here right because of, you know this then and uh bruce's like no i i i analyzed the chicken bones and it tracked it, it tracked to this restaurant because of their proprietary blend and Dick's just like, yeah, I should have known that you're not about, you don't love chicken I, wings. I love the idea, though, that Bruce has uh, analyzed the propriety yes. blends of, of every, you know, chicken place's yeah. seasoning in, in the entire city. Yeah. And so I just love that. And Dick's just like, of course, what was I thinking? I just, I love that, you know, if that's Rosenberg putting that in there, I do like the voice between them. Like that relationship is spot on. Yeah. Uh, so. The nice thing is, though, is I don't think that... The, I think this character's here in this issue is an example of someone who's clearly disturbed who needs help, mm-hmm. right? right? And uh, they should still help him despite the fact that he is a killer. He's, he's not just someone to toss away and be disregarded. And right. This isn't, like, Joker level that he might get out and do it again. Like, this dude actually needs help. Yeah, right? well, well, the point I'm making is is that I don't think this character is going to be the core villain of this next 10-issue event. I think he's, oh, yeah, yeah. he's here as a one-issue kind of, like, set-up of the themes. I think the meager man is a like like Connor was saying. There's like kind of culty vibes going on, like it's possible and bigger that we'll see. Yeah. yeah, that I feel like the, it's coming out through him. Oh yeah, I'm not saying yeah. that we won't see him again. I'm just saying that I don't expect him to be this like central figure that the whole story is going to revolve mm-hmm. around by any means. Oh no, this this was more no. a thematic setup rather than yeah. a, a lead-in direct for the story. I guess I think this is. If, if for whatever reason you're planning on reading Shadows of the Bat in the, the weekly yeah. Detective Comics stuff, but you don't read this issue, I think you'll still be fine. Yeah, I would, uh, I would suspect so. This is more of a thematic setup rather than, oh, these are all the plot threads you need to know. Yeah, obviously the cult that like that saves him at one point, and he wakes up and they've all got their torches and like, we are the Gotham's lost son and daughters, and uh, we have fallen through the cracks. Uh, like... And there's like a guy with like a, a mask and a hood and like a staff. <laughs> like I'm like, we are the forgotten. And I'm like, what is this? Some LARPers? So what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> so but you know, it's setting up that there's this this part of the city and these type of characters that we're going to be dealing with. Um and there's obviously some investigation stuff that I think we can gloss over well enough. Um but there's a nice fun sequence where uh, he jumps out the window and Nightwing like dives out after him. Uh, and tells Bruce not to like you know latch on to him till he says, uh, "It's a really nicely paced sequence, I think." Uh, and the the following and then the following page, while well, the close ups of the actual grappling going around his legs and stuff, um, mm-hmm. it's it's a nice touch. Um, 
and I also think thematically, it's kind of nice that, you know, Dick's trying to say, but, you know, we need to change how this is done. We can't just have another Arkham. Uh, I like the idea that this represents that Dick's the one diving head first, but he still needs Bruce to be the anchor. And that's just kind of representative of the, the story as, as a whole. Uh, so that's kind of neat. So, yeah, like, so obviously Chase Meridian shows up and it's like, yeah, she's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. taking over the new Arkham Tower. Uh, and it sets up that. Um, so. I also, obviously, we'll get to it, but I think there's a lot of thematic links between this issue and the Nightwing annual sure. in yeah. the role of Robin. And, you know, in this case, Nightwing being kind of that moral center again here and, mm-hmm. and reminding Bruce that, no, you've got to be better, essentially. Uh, it's, it's you know it's it's probably a core idea of what Robin is. You know, like like when Tim Drake decided that he you know Bruce needed a Robin because Bruce was out of control, right? And this is again you know you know Dick's filling that void where it's like, hey, you got to remember you got you got to help them no matter what, and you've kind of lost sight of that. And I like that from Dick. I just don't like that Bruce has kind of got to learn that lesson again. Well, I mean, if we if we can look at it macro, I mean, since losing Alfred, he's been kind of a, a lost ship, sure. you know. Yeah, so, it's only just, yeah, it's only just the last year that he's kind of came back to the family again, and it's the mm-hmm. felt a bit more, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, like, yeah, it, it kind of works. Um, it's not a bad issue. I I like the thematics that it sets up, and I like uh, some of the the serial killer stuff and the the mood of that. But it does do a, there's a few techniques in here that I'm not super thrilled about. The art is a little bit hit and miss for me. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's definitely moments. I actually, bizarrely enough, I think the flashbacks with young Bruce and his parents all look quite good because they they kind of fit the tone they're going for. But I think some of the stuff with Batman and Nightwing, like when they're like hunting the killer, like their faces are a bit off. Or uh... I, I think it, the faces in general, specifically the lips, are inconsistent most of the issue. Yeah, the lips are what I was really was bugging me. I think me. that's more just his style. I think the the overall tone. And vibe, I I like throughout. Like uh, I said, the action sequence where Nightwing jumps out after him, I think that's really well paced, and like you know the the panels starting to be a bit more like skewed and stuff, and like give give you a sense of motion. Like I think all that stuff's really well thought out. Yeah, I don't know who's on the colors, um, but the stuff at night when Bruce and Dick are kind of sat up on the tower before mm-hmm. they jump off and go into just before that, you know, he's running through the park. Uh, with the you know, like the the red and the black on the sky behind them, I think that stuff is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, the stuff in the part with the killer chasing after the guy is actually really good. Uh, so yeah, I can see a bit up and down um, for me. I know young Bruce eating the hot dog looked weird as hell. That's part of the lips, isn't it? Uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, the lips are usually involved in eating, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was the that, one that that's stuck specifically out. that what makes it look weird, especially because yeah. it's a close up on the face and. Because he's eating, that's like the focal points. That's where your eyes are drawn to as well. Oh man, okay, that's why I know this name. I was like, why do I know the name? This is the artist from Stray Bullets with Azarello. Oh yeah. So mm. yeah. All right, cool, cool. Uh, all right, Matt, what are you giving Detective Comics? Uh, I'm gonna give this a seven. Car. Yeah, it's a seven for me. Yeah, seven. Yeah, straight sevens. Seven going to seven. Uh, so cool. Um, next up, Action Comics 1037, Philip K. Johnson writing with Miguel Madoncha on the art, and I see Matt rubbing his hands together over there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, obviously we've been really into uh, Johnson's run, we've been loving the build to War World Saga, and we had the big cliffhanger last issue where Mongol, who is, finally showed up, 
and we were ready for the showdown. Um, before we actually get to the fight, though, we cut to the United Worlds, right? The United Planets. And yeah. we get, I mean, partly it's an explanation as for why they're not showing up to help Superman, but it's actually really well done in that it re- it's one of those things in, like, storytelling where, like, one of the bastards at this table is just manipulative enough to talk everyone else out of it. Just, uh, just enough to be like, no, 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 no. Because if we, if somehow Superman loses, then we don't want to have pissed off Mongol. Like, we don't want to have done that. It's politics in a nutshell. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's it's really frustrating to read uh, in, a, in an intentional way. Like, it's frust- this yeah. character is intentionally a frustrating oh. villain. Um, and, and if I'm looking right, he's a Durlin, and outside a chameleon, can't trust a Durlin. They're, they're shapeshifters. They'll, they'll always weasel their way through things. Yeah, there's a line um, later on at the end when we cut back to him and it looks like Superman has lost. There's a line that he kind of ends his argument with where he says, the best thing for us to do is nothing. And I'm like, well, that's awfully convenient that the best course of action is for us all to just be lazy. Because <laughs> like, that's awfully well, convenient, I, isn't it? Again, uh, politics in a nutshell. Yeah. With certain people. That's well, that's, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that's, that's... yeah, and understatement of the year where you're saying that looks like Superman has lost, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, we've not got to it yet, so I'm building up to yeah. it, right? I have I, I have a little bit of a dramatic flair in how I discuss the books, and I like to go through them in order and not just say what the ending no, Pete, was. I, I understand, but just that sentence for the people that have read this and know, I just I couldn't let that hang there. Just because okay. um, I've missed the last couple of issues of action. Yeah. Where, where are you two guys landing on the the Superman with the the gray temples and around the back? How how are you feeling about that? I like it. That's fine now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm really digging it, but I just didn't yeah. know if that um, was the, the general Also, I, after we recorded the last one, um, they, someone pointed out that the creature that Mongol's writing is one of the same creatures that attacked Superman at the very beginning of this, where him and John had to seal up that breach, mm-hmm. and that's the mm-hmm. reason for his power. And I did not put that together. I that's thought cool. just Mongol's riding a space dragon. Um but it just it goes to show that Johnson's, you know, you know, his keys to storytelling and whatnot. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, forgive me. Matt is slouching more and more, so I'm having to Sorry. compensate for it. Matt, slouch it up. Don't sit, don't <laughs> sit up now. I've just fixed it, you prick. <laughs> it's like he's gradually fallen out of the video. It's weird. Um, so, well, my back, my back hurts. I went too hard at the gym yesterday, and my back hurts. So I keep taking the pressure off more and more. So yeah, so we come back, big fight. Obviously, uh, the authorities with Superman, uh, Mongol introduces to all of these like weird cronies. Last issue, um, and yeah, we get a big fight issue, and we get uh, kind of various moments. We we get uh, what, what you know, what, what do we call her? Enchantress. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> There's a, there's a there's a few characters in this where I'm like uh, like someone dies later and I'm not entirely sure I remember who that character's name is but we'll, we'll get to yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, so she's she's fighting the the one that has more mystical powers, you know, big green snake and all that. Um, and that's got a fun two page layout, but she ends up going really big. Um, Apollo tries to fight uh, the big sort of like horned dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't move like Apollo flies right into him and it's like uh, hitting a brick wall for any regular person that is uh, obviously Apollo would just go through a brick wall but um, right. and 
like this guy just stabs Apollo right through, and obviously Midnighter's pissed at this. So Midnighter, like, Min- what are you going to do, Midnighter? Apollo just got stabbed by this dude. Like, what, yeah. what do you? What, what you're forgetting is he's Batman. Basically. <laughs> so you, you know he's prepared. Uh, uh, and Manchester Black takes on because it turns out this this big guy is actually just like a puppet who's been controlled by this like alien telepath dude. Weird, uh, weird looking dude. Yeah, and um. Manchester Black comes over to confront him, but this guy's got a lot of defenses to stop telepaths from getting into him, and he's got his mystical little pyramid that's given him all his power. And yeah, and if you ever forgot that Manchester Black was used because they didn't want, weren't allowed to use Constantine, this will remind you that oh yeah, he's basically Constantine. Yeah, because he might have all these mental defenses to go get the telepath, but nothing to prevent him from getting beat down with a well, well, yeah, that's with a chunk of wood. That's the joke here, is that, well, okay, if I can't use telepathic powers, I'll just do it the old-fashioned way and beat the shit yeah. out of you. <laughs> I loved it. So most I've ever loved Manchester Black is in this moment where he's like, all right, guess it's time to use the stick. <laughs> this is him being very Constantine as well, where yeah. they are relatively interchangeable depending on the writer, and that's yeah, terrible thing. Which is why I relatively don't really care oh. about them in the show. Yeah, it's, it's basically telepathy versus magic, right? But either yeah. way, the, the core took, character is very similar. Yeah, if this was Constantine and they were like, "Oh, we negated all your magic," he would pick up a rock. Yeah, just just yeah. wait until we have Co- uh, Constantine and we have Manchester Black with Willoughby and like a, a trio team book someday. Yeah. It's the dream. Yeah. Three, <laughs> miser- th- three miserable pricks save the world. Uh, so there's a book written just for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Superman, of course, is fighting Mongol. Uh, debated and Mongol. Like, I mean, this is the thing. Like, the dialogue here is what's more interesting in the fight itself, which is like, I, I really like this moment where Mongol says, "Listen, like, all these people you say you're going to save are all chanting my name. You're here to save them, and they're chant. No one asks for this to you for you to save them." And Superman says, "One did." And I, I like I really like uh, that. That was that was that so was like good. a moment. That you know, that's one of those like yeah. uh, I was kind of chills. I got chills a little bit. You know, yeah. one, I, all it took was one, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so really nice. Uh, the big, the really big monster that some of them are fighting, who's carrying the baby in the the, the jar. <laughs> oh, so creepy! I want more of the baby. Yeah. So so <laughs> so who's this kind of speedster chick who dies? I forget her name. That's that's Light Ray. Light Ray. There you go. Do you know, that wasn't my guess. I mean, I didn't just take the guess, but I didn't want it to sound stupid if it was wrong. So, well, no, but she is. So she was. She's based off of the Flash from Tangent Comics. Mm. So you know, but I like that they switched the name to Light Ray because it's more of a, you know, can't use the Flash. But uh, but yeah, she gets taken out and it affects Superman, which which I do like. Yeah, he gets distracted and he gets stabbed with uh, what looks like a kryptonite sword, uh, yeah. straight through the chest. After, uh, and this after is after. Uh, yeah, yeah it's a nice spear, but you know, same difference. It's a blade. It's a, it's a knife or stabbing yeah, weapon. Okay, a sword of some kind. But yeah, after a sword and a spear Marvel are not the is... same. No, but it's still a pointy, and he ends up on the wrong side of it. Right, uh, it's still... that part I will agree to. Yeah, but <laughs> after this is after that, uh, Mongol has has uh, he's monologuing. Mongol, who is that? You know, his father had you know the war world was operated by different engines. And it would, you know, use the planets that it conquered as fuel. But he's made some changes and that basically Warworld is being powered by the radiation that is equal to a red sun. Well, I don't so know if it's... Is... I read it more as that just the... the Effects. It, 
the yeah like the 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 byproduct yeah. is radiation that's like a red sun not, not so much they're using red suns to power right that's what that's what yeah. I mean. it, it, it's equivalent of that it's creating those effects so not only is superman already weakened right because of of the attack but now he's been lured to a red sun and now he's been stabbed through the crypt like he's covered this mongol has covered all his bases yeah like this is this is very much bane breaking the bat where people only remember him breaking batman's back and not the lead up that bane had led him on this goose chase through gotham for days that led to him breaking the bat this was very similar to that for me yeah so we have this panel where he holds him up on this spear and like he's all in shadow and the blood's like running down yeah. Uh, super dark. It's like, oh, it really feels like a death of Superman still. I mean, we know he's not dead because we know he's not going to be right. dead. But it, it, like, you could have told me this was a death scene, <laughs> and I would have believed yeah. you. I, I mean, I, I yelled "Holy shit!" as I was reading it. So, um, and this plays into John's worry about being from the Legion. You know, from what he had learned. Yeah, yeah. About yeah. and uh, so, you know, so so when this you know this uh, politician like says we should do nothing. The rest of them all leave the round table, all basically saying, you know, all being ashamed of that they didn't step in and kind of like yeah. being sorry. And it ends with just a close up of the the alien smiling a little bit. That you know, it's a, a thin little smirk. Yeah, he got his way. You know, he he achieved what he wanted to that day. So now, now this is the same guy that in the last issue was upset when he was brought up about the Thelosians, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more going on with this dude. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know his name. Yeah, so I, I keep no. just saying that dude, that alien. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we know who we're talking about. Um, yeah, really solid. I mean, it was a very quick read because it was mostly action. But you had mm. these bookends with the political stuff to kind of give us some context in the greater universe. Um, and the idea that Superman's kind of been abandoned by the system that he helped set up. Like he helped set up the United Planets, and now they're a bunch of bastards who don't come and help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, is very frustrating. Um. So it, it has this tragic sense to it because you know from the start that he's going to fail just now because to get World Wars, you know, War World Saga and the hints that we've seen of it, whether he's in chains, like he has to lose here. It is. It's right. so fascinating to me as well that Batman has just wrapped up diverting away from the future state stuff that we saw, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of, all right, that's changed that trajectory. We're not going to head towards that anymore. Whereas, you know, this stuff in action, is it's only just getting started on that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's because, like, unlike Future State, which was for for Batman, which was like, oh no, this is a possible future that's decades in the future after all this stuff happens in the near future. Because like this, this was like the magistrate's been in power for decades by the time we see all this shit in Future State. Whereas here in Superman, it felt a lot more imminent. You know, it felt mm-hmm. like yeah, like what's going to happen with Warworld could really happen at any time in the future. So the fact that it's happening next, you know, obviously the stuff with like uh. The characters on Earth, for example, during those future state issues, talking about the, you know the Superman Museum and that, like that felt really far in the future. But yeah, the stuff with the actual on Warworld and the chains, like that, that could be next week. Like you know, it, it could have been. So, uh, but yeah, it's interesting just to compare like how they're handling like what those two things set up. Um, I, I guess it really it comes down to the writers where Tynan set up something that he's going to like ultimately avert, whereas. Johnson's like, no, this is the start of my run, and I'm setting out a mission statement for mm-hmm. this is what my my saga, and it's literally calling it a saga, mm-hmm. is going to yeah. be. Well, yeah. and and I like how it's playing with everything Bendis has done too. With I mean, he set up this Mongol right in the United Planets, and you know, um, do you have so that start like, like a Matt Bendis counter where he brings up Bendis yeah. out of nowhere? Yeah, well, not out of nowhere because like you're talking about like 
this was stuff from Future State that wasn't just like Johnson pulled out of nowhere. It was stuff that was going on in Superman when it took that break for Future State. I'll have to you take know? a word for it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because Connor wouldn't know. No, of course not. Uh, so yeah, uh, I didn't read the backup. I don't know if anyone did. I didn't either. Um, I didn't have time. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I read this after because I like sm- smart bit of advice for anyone who's got a lot of books in a week where there's a lot of annuals. Read all the annuals first because then that back half feels like a breeze to read because they're all shorter. I try and yeah. intersperse them. I take like I do a couple of annuals and then I throw in a shorter one as a little break. Mm. Because I, I got to like the, the end of this, oh, that was a quick, easy read. And I was like, oh, there's a backup. Which, admittedly, I've not really typically been reading these backups in action anyway. But I thought, oh, no, 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 no. I'm on short books now. I'm not doing a backup. <laughs> like, I, I've moved on from that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, action comics, unsurprisingly, very good. Uh, it was a tragic issue that just, you, you felt the impending doom coming. Like, they're in over their heads. Um, and certainly when when Light Ray died, I was like, yeah, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, this this team that he brought with them seemed mostly expendable. Like, I, I buy DC, let them kill most of these characters off. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Action Comics one thousand thirty-seven? Uh, nine. No what? He said no to me in German, Matt. Well. You said no, not no. to. God damn it. <laughs> it took about- I, I like how I just didn't get that at all. I didn't. It was to me, it just went, nine. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough, but uh, Connor, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it a, a more reasonable score of an eight. Uh-huh. Um, I'll split the difference and go 8.5. I thought it was very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, so for the record, I want to point out that I thought Pete said, you know what, not know what. So I thought he was getting ready to agree with me. No, no. So I was waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, Pete, agree with you. <laughs> yeah, weird. Nine! Nick's so good. Anyway, uh, so that was actually comics. Wonder Woman Annual 2021. Uh, Becky Clooney and Michael Conrad writing, as is the main book, uh, with Andy McDonald on the art. And this is setting up future stuff for Wonder Woman and possibly that big crossover thing they're doing next year. Yeah, at the end it says, can I see more in Trials of the Amazons? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the actual miniseries that's coming out next year, right? That they've solicited? I think so. Yeah. Yes, I think that's another, like, possibly weekly one. Really? Oh, I don't know if it was really, but... I'm not uh, sure, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, I kind of dug the way this story was set up as well. This has, this has kind of like a... Like, a, a smart way of framing what it's doing as a story where... It starts off with the Etta waiting for Diana outside the museum that's got a Wonder Woman, like, or, or maybe an Amazon display on, maybe more accurate. And... This this mysterious character comes up in sunglasses. He looks a little bit, you know, he's like his lips are just discolored enough. He looks a little bit pale and sort of sickly almost. And it gives us one panel where you can see over the sunglasses because they've come down a little bit, and you can mm. see the eyes look a bit off. Yeah, yeah, just a bit unhuman or inhuman, maybe the better phrase. Uh, and you know, uh, just like he, he tries to make small talk with that, and his English isn't that great, so he says a few wrong words here or there. But it's, it's clearly sort of building to something, and it is just going to be nice to him. And it comes to what Wonder Woman's doing. And we get like a kind of typical Wonder Woman saving some, you know, hostages at a bank robbery. And it, do you know what it is? This is the uh, the Wonder Woman eighty four scene. It pretty yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much that. Uh, and 
Oh, the critique is that Wonder Woman is it seems like she's in a bit of a pissy mood most of this issue. Like, not not so much out of character that it felt like completely wrong, just like enough where she's just constantly a little bit like I'm just I'm too pissed off to be dealing with like schmucks like you. Like she had that kind of attitude throughout a lot of this to me. Mm. Uh, but so yeah, we get we get a Wonder Woman action scene where she's taking on and saving hostages, and it's mostly fun stuff where she's breaking guns in half and using the lasso, all all the usual shtick. Uh, and she gets to one, uh, gets to the. Uh, she gets to Eta, is what I'm trying to say, uh, because they had a, a meeting to go in and look at this display, and it's like, oh shit, Eta's been called into work, so Diana's on her own. What I thought was weird here is that they make a point of Eta saying, oh, you know, don't worry, I wasn't going to go in without you. I waited because, like, you know, I don't think it's worth seeing without you. And then when Eta goes to work, Diana goes in on her own. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was really I thought weird. Yeah, that was a bit weird as well. <laughs> it, would, it would have been fine if they hadn't had Eta say that, but because she specifically said, no, I won't go in without you, and then Diana does it anyway. <laughs> we planned this for so long, I wasn't going to go in without you. <laughs> Cut to Diana walking around on her own <laughs> in the display. Literally, the bottom of the next page is her going going in. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so that, that was a little to bit be, weird. To be fair, Eta does say to go in and enjoy it. Okay, okay. Uh... It still felt weird though, just because I don't know. But it's, 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 it's more like she's expecting her to go. No, 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 no. I'm waiting for you. Like she, she asked what she wants Diana to say to that. Yeah. But instead, oh, you're okay then. <laughs> I'll just go and enjoy it on my own. Uh, but this you new know, this guy uh follows follows her in. Uh, and she Sports notices that she's been tailed. The exhibits. Yeah, yeah. And she notices she's been entailed and. We get uh, like a little bit of the like the tour guide like talking about Wonder Woman and like sort of cracking some jokes about how she still looks good after all these years and uh, all the rest of it. And she's like, "Ah, yeah, I would have had a ball at this." And it's actually rubbing it in. Yeah, I would have found this was hilarious. She would have loved this. Yeah, but she's not here. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, so but eventually, this you know the character comes up and uh, talks to her. Altum. Al Altum. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm assuming so. It's two U's. Yeah, I thought it was like Altuun, but I, I, you know. Oh, A L T U U M. So two two U's. So I'd say Tum. Yeah, but Al- I could be wrong. I don't know. Altum. <laughs> just em- just emphasize the the R sound for a bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he comes in and starts chit chatting, and it kind of comes out that he does know who Diana is. He knows her people. He knows all this stuff, and the big thing that comes out here is that he claims to be from a civilization that Paradise Island, that Themyscira, belonged to, and that they were kicked off for the Amazons, and they have been kind of, like, living in secret underwater. Um, big submarine. Yeah. Joe, what's funny is that, see when they were in that big two-page spread where they're looking at this big painting of, like, uh, Themyscira, and yep. they're, they're talking about it? I, I didn't know what I was looking at. I was like, where is this thing you're talking about? And it wasn't until the next page where she says, oh, it's a submarine. And I, I went back and went, wait, oh, it's in the... I was like, oh, I can kind of see this shape. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I didn't actually see it, like, when they were initially talking about it. I, I was looking for it. Pretty, pretty heavily. And didn't realize that this vague shape in the water was what they were talking about. Uh, but, you know, fair enough. Uh, so, and he basically says that, yeah, like, the, like once Diana died, because they knew they couldn't take on, like, the Themyscarans, the Amazons, with her, because she's the best of them. And the strongest of them. But when she died, they started making their like all all these like thousands of years of them like being like kicked off their island. They finally started making plans to like attack. But then Diana came back, like presumably quite close to when they were going to make their big attack. And so now it's like they're kind of caught up and having to do it anyway. And uh, so 
yeah. I thought this concept of the like there was a, a native people there that were kicked off this island was kind of interesting. I, th- I don't know how you feel about that conceptually. No, I'm into it because yeah. um, it doesn't betray anything in terms of the idea of no, you know, no, the history all. of the Amazons. It plays into the Greek gods were dicks. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Naturally. yeah, that's like the most believable thing that Wonder Woman has ever done. <laughs> so yeah, um, no, I'm into it. I'm really intrigued by the idea of this society the civilization that we're going to be presumably playing it with for this story that's coming up yeah i I think the idea that there is like a wrongdoing did happen here and that like while maybe just like talking to them and like seeking like although that said though i kind of see a lot of the amazons being like no this is Scout, you're lying this is our home and i'm really intrigued to see how many of the amazons know about do any of them know about it like obviously i'm sure they'll come out that the gods did do this and obviously they know what they did but did some of the older Amazons know that that they displaced these mm. you know native people? Or he, can, he even kind of implies one point that Hippolyta might know, like because he says something about Hippolyta like oh, not doing enough with her education. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know if that's implying that Hippolyta does actually know that this happened and just kind of kept it a secret from her. Uh, uh, it's an interesting new thing to add to the mythology, where like. They come off as quite villainous, although this guy's got an interesting demeanor. Honestly, the only thing I don't really like so much here is how quickly Wonder Woman just says, well, I guess it's time to fight. <laughs> and I was like, okay. This this is where it felt like, ah, it's an annual. It needs an action sequence. Yeah, yeah. Because it was actually a really interesting meeting. Because it was all framed, like, you know, it teased it with him meeting it at first, and then we had a bit of Wonder Woman action at the bank. And then it was all about them having this conversation. About, and because it's, it's a nice touch as well, that they're at, they're at this, like, museum display for Themyscira, and then it's all about, like, a lie about Themyscira's history. So it's a nice backdrop for this conversation to take place. Uh, yeah. So, you know, all, all, all that stuff is quite nice, and um, it's just, you know, we have to fight. It was the only thing I didn't really like about it, ultimately. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, do we have to? Really? Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that he is pretty strong, and he does a pretty... Anyway, he holds his own uh, fighting her until he sets off an explosion uh, to sort of end the fight but it, and i don't like that that full page spread where the explosion goes off does feel, it, it genuinely feels like some sort of terror attack like in a city it does and and it's the idea of okay you know sure maybe i can't hurt you right now but i can i can hurt them and you're gonna have to go and save them yeah and it also makes me think well what have they got planned for themiscara if, if this is his tactics if this is how they think these people uh yeah. like you know so is, is this what the attacks are going to be like on themiscara where they're, they're planting explosives and stuff <clears throat> which is a little bit different from like yeah, you because know, you know the Amazons, they fight with swords and they they come in with catapults right. and bows and, and arrows. Even so, I think it's more just the idea of it'll be these guerrilla tactics of yeah. like right, hit and run, cause chaos and terror. Yeah, sneaky stuff. Uh, yeah. So you know, and obviously there's a nice panel of like Diana like carrying a survivor from the explosion like on her back out from the flames. You know, just some nice stuff with that. Uh, then there's a scene at the end with uh, Diana and Etta who have met for lunch and they're catching up a little bit. Uh, but they both get called away at the same time. But a bit of a joke that, you know, as Wonder Woman and, and Netta's, like, you know, position, they both get called away all the time. I was and... half surprised they didn't reveal they were being called for the same thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's like, okay, I guess we'll try the next time. But they still leave money for all the food they didn't eat, because it arrives right after they leave. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it just kind of ends with them flying off. Uh, the one thing to note, though, is that, that what Diana got was actually a text message from Altum. Uh which is and she's like how'd you get this number i was like 
Because we're great. Because <laughs> we're smart. I, I know more than you think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, you know, Diana says, no matter what, the Amazons are united, no matter what you're saying. And I feel like that's wrong. I feel like that's going to be the point of the story, yeah, is that the that, Amazons are not united on this. That's the final thing, is he says, are you sure about that one, Norman? And, and that, you know, I say, I'll be, some of them will be like, no, this is our home, whatever. And some of them will be like, well, you know, they were the native people first. And, we, we have this place. I'm sure there'll be that debate that'll come up in this series. And, you know, and we know we're heading into something. I mean, this, this, it says to be continued in the trial of the Amazons issue one. And we know that the crossover thing that's happening is like Amazons versus Amazons. It's like a civil war or whatever. Like, this does feel like a genuine, good, like, ethical question to throw in that kind of should divide them, potentially. Yeah. So, uh, I actually kind of like the reasoning for it, so... Uh, all, all in, I would call this annual kind of a win. There's that, definitely a couple of, like, oh, we need to have an action scene, so we just we have to end it with this fight. But it just feels a bit sudden. It des- definitely has elements of, oh, uh, it's an annual setting stuff up. Yes. But it's mostly well-written, and what it's setting up, I'm into. I I also appreciate the idea that, yeah, you give a, the special longer issue to the first meeting between Wonder Woman and this guy who's going to represent this completely new element in the mythology, because it makes you feel just a little bit more importantly, you give it a bit more time to breathe. Like, if this was a regular 20-page comic, yeah, maybe we wouldn't have to have the extra action scene, but we also probably would have had less time to really, like, have the dialogue sort of, like, you know, banter back and forth like it did. Um, yeah. which I think makes it feel like a bit more of like a meeting of the minds. It's, it's the sort of thing where I feel like you'd have to have the meeting with Etta in one issue and yeah. then the meeting with Diana in the second issue. Yeah. You'd have to introduce him over a few issues where I think doing it in an annual, it's smart, it saves time. Uh, you know, It's a good use of your oversized issue to kind of get this all set up, established. I do think it makes this relatively speaking, a fairly important annual to read if you're mm-hmm. going to be reading the, you know, this Trial of the Amazon stuff. It'll, it'll as opposed to, say, the Detective Comics one where we were like, yeah, I mean, it's good, but it's more of a thematic setup. Yeah. I think this is more of a, a literal setup with threads that you probably do want to read this. And it'll I, probably I mean, include in trades. I'm sure this will... I mean, I'm sure the Detective probably will include in the trade as well, but yeah, this one has to be included in the trade, I think. And this has to be the start of that trade, yeah. I would presume. So... Yeah, uh, pretty good stuff though, uh, and I'm I was happy I, I made time for it because this was kind of the one that was like, you know, if there's one annual gets cut out of the ones that I'm supposed to read, it could have been this one, and I'm glad I read it because it you know ended up being one of the more important ones out of the bunch. So yeah, Matt, uh, you'll have to find time for it. I will, and that's why I'm being very silent and keeping myself busy so I don't get spoiled on a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's why I so intentionally I use your it. name then to get your attention, yes. because yeah. I, I, I know you. you're doing what I do, where you just tune out and listen for your name. Yep. Yes. Uh, but worth reading, Matt. And... I, I heard Wonder Woman 84 and got a little bit scared. So nah, Not in know. a bad way. He just compared it yeah. to there's like a similar bank heist okay. scene. That's it. Uh, gotcha. So, yeah, what are you reading it, Connor? I only know it's 7.5. Yeah, I'll agree with 7.5. Uh, I, th- I think if it didn't have that necessary action scene out of nowhere towards the end, where it's like, oh, let's fight now. Like, it, it felt like Wonder Woman's decision to what to fight just felt a bit forced. So uh, that's probably the biggest problem I have with the mm-hmm. issue. Uh, but cool. Uh, that's Wonder Woman Annual 2021. Nightwing Annual 2021. Tom Taylor. Writing with uh, C and Tommy and Daniel HDR uh, mm-hmm. on our as opposed to his SDR little brother. <laughs> like, I was waiting yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. this, this has one of the most stylish 
first pages of a comic I've read in a while where it's like, okay, I immediately know what tone you're going for in this in this book. Uh, sure, yeah, oh yeah, you get the hotel neon sign and then the, the mm-hmm. picking up the phone, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, you're going for that noir feeling, like, right, right, right I'm in, I've got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is a this is a standalone story. It's Night Nightwing and Red Hood, and it does have some flashbacks to uh, when they interacted back in the day, uh, maybe even the first time they kind of met, really. Uh, so interesting stuff. Uh, we start the story with this uh, criminal who's been escorted, uh, which turns out to be the FBI because he's going to be an informant. But what looks like Red Hood shows up, shows the show the car. Uh, murders some of these 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 agents and then eventually kills the the guy that was being escorted, and it sort of does that smart transition where it then transitions to Nightwing and Oracle watching the footage of this, mm-hmm. and Nightwing's like, well, it looks like Red Hood, but you know anyone could put on that mask, and then at the end of the footage he pulls off the mask, you see his face, he's like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> also, okay. I noticed continuing the theme of this this run, mimicking the vibe of the fraction. Hawkeye run. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, this looks bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was that was the first thing that Dick says in this issue, and it's again yeah, yeah, true, that true. vibe of that book. I haven't noticed that, but you're right. Uh, yeah, this looks bad, Babs. I, I like the ads yeah. on the Babs just to give it a little bit of a DC flair. But uh, yeah, uh, so Nightwing's like, okay, I guess I'll sit up. I also love Oracle covering the dog's eyes uh, for the ending with the actual murder. Nice touch. That was yeah, nice, nice touch. touch. Uh, so Nightwing sits up. He's going off to see Jason. Um, and we get our first flashback, and do you know what, like, Taylor did such a good job of, like, pulling on the heart strings with Alfred at the start of this run, when he, you know, Dick getting the inheritance and, like, all that stuff. Um, I think he did a great job in this issue again with this, which is, Alfred calls Dick uh, at Titans Tower, this is, you know, back in the early Newton Titans days, and says, hey, you know, Jason's, you know, having a rough time, could you come in and uh, well, he doesn't even tell him about Jason yet. He kind of surprises him with that. No, but he's just like, hey, you, you, you know, your presence yeah. is requested. And yeah. like, no, no, Bruce fired me. He doesn't want me there. Well, but... that's that's the notable part is that he says, oh, it's you asking Alfred. It's not Bruce asking. He's like, yes. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm on my way then. I, I love that. I was like, no, oh, it's not Bruce that's asking. It's you. In that case, yes, I'm, I'm on my way. Uh, that's really great. And then he kind of like blindsides him and says, here's Jason playing video games. Uh, and he sort that's of sh- shuts the door. And he immediately starts talking about, oh, I know what it's like being Robin. And, and Jason is like, yeah, do you know what it's like being compared to you constantly? Like, that's all he does is, like, how great you mm-hmm. were. Uh, so they kind of bond a little bit, and Dick's like, okay, let's go out and let's, let's, you know, let's, let's get some training from a Robin rather than a Batman. And I love that Jason says, well, you know, Bruce said that, you know, we couldn't go out. And, like, what if he finds out? And Dick says, hey, Alfred, I'm, J- I'm taking Jason out. And he just goes, very good, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not even questioning it. Yeah, all of this case, very, very Tom Taylor. Yeah, all, all the pacing of this, which is basically that Alfred wanted Dick to go and bond with them and take him out, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is all behind Batman's back. Alfred's being the good parent and saying, no, 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 Jason needs this. Go be a big brother. Like J- Jason's like, you can't be seriously going to take the Batmobile, but Alfred's like. Here's the keys. Could you get some milk on the way back? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, like, that. this is like... Like, there's a few writers who are doing their damnedest to make me give a shit about Jason, and it's stuff like this where it actually treats, like, Dick like the big brother and Jason like the little brother. Mm-hmm. That's a way of, like, doing it. Do you know what I hate about this issue? Yes. 
is it reminds me of how good Dick is as Batman because that's essentially what yeah. this is. Yeah. This is more yeah. of that Dick Batman vibe with mm-hmm. Jason as his Robin instead of Damien. But it's that same idea. And oh man, I miss it. I want more of it. Oh, and yeah. he's in his disc- a- he's in his disco Nightwing suit as well. We should mention that he is. Yeah. 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 Well, also they're in the car, and he's like, "Yeah, I put my feet up." Um, he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna stop you." But, yeah, you he's like, well, maybe not with the rocket launcher buttons. <laughs> there's a lot that's of, a good idea. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of buttons that fire weapons. Maybe it's not a yeah. good idea to. <laughs> just like again, the the pacing of their conversations and just like it feels. Again, it, it's very much Taylor has Dick's voice down. Yeah. Um, I think that's the point. It's not just that the dialogue is like good for you know, as uh, good for being in character, which it is. Yeah. But it's also the pacing of it, so it flows so yeah. well that the jokes and the the reactions play off like so naturally uh-huh. and just fit. Uh, and a, a lot of what happens is when they go and find someone is that Dick you know, tells you know Robin's meant to be a distraction, but you also have to be the heart. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't just go in and like get the victim up. You actually ask if they're okay because Batman doesn't do that. Batman doesn't get all touchy feely. Batman's about a victims. force of nature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so and you know, Jason like chases after this mugger and like beats the shit you know, starts beating the shit out of him and Dick has to stop him. Um says that's enough, Jason, and all that. Um and like and don't know, Jason like you can tell us his heart's in the right place because you know, this guy kidnapped a kid and he comes up and says, You want to hit a kid? And he but he gets all scared. I love how he goes into the almost the Batman silhouette as as Robin, yeah. where it's just the R and the cape you see with the silhouette. Uh I like that he kind of channels Batman in that moment, and like Dick has to stop him. And the whole point is, no, no, like you need to be Robin, not Batman. Uh, so stop trying to be. Um, and I, I love at the end of this flashback, you just see Alfred smiling behind the big penny because what what he set out to worked. do, his, yeah, his plan worked. Yeah, it's like they're bonding as brothers, and that was the whole point. Uh, and I love that this all plays out while Dick's on his way to see Jason in present day. And that when he gets there, he's like, you know what? I still don't believe it was you. I, you know, I believe that you didn't do this. So we have to figure out why he had your face. And he, he checks for the, the wound that he should have had. And he, he checks to see if he's like a shapeshifter or, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I like as well that the reason that he believes him just like that is because if you killed someone, you don't up to it. You always do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you've never been afraid. You know, you've never been shy about the fact that you've killed people before. So... It's really honestly the biggest thing that threw me in this issue because when they started hinting it was Clayface, I was like, "But but, but wait, Basil's a good guy. What's going on? What's going on yeah, with this?" Yeah. Uh, so I was very relieved when it turned out to be the second Clayface who I forgot existed. <laughs> Preston Payne, which he yes. goes way way back. Oh, are we like, gonna brush over the fact that Nightwing pretended to be a crowbar? Okay, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I do have to admit, I did pop at the joke. Well, because you know, Red Hood's like, well, yeah, he's a crowbar now. It's kind of like with Batman with the bats, he's like overcoming his fear. Yeah. And Dick's like, well, you should dress as a crowbar then. <laughs> yeah. Or make this shape a lot. This shape. Yeah. Yeah. Arms up at an angle. Well, it's, yeah, it's perfectly awkward <laughs> shit talking that mm. you make to your sibling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just because, you know, when, when, I mean, we never read it, but when, when Connor was reading Red Hood and he brought up that he's mm-hmm. going to run with a crowbar now as his main weapon. Um, we, you know, we all sort of made fun of it. It was kind of a silly idea. I love that Taylor's found a way to crack some jokes about it, sort of, you know, make fun of it, but still kind of makes it okay that he's still doing it. <laughs> like it's, it's still kind of the same yeah. way that that people make fun of the uh, the Drake name, yes, right? Yes, yes. Like, exactly. We all know thing. this is kind of stupid, except this one we're not allowed to change right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
all all good stuff. Uh, they go to the the old bat cave where everything's like you know covered up because Bruce has not been there. Um, and they use some you know some testing, figure out where they're going. Uh, and you know they they, they track down this clay face, and there's some fun stuff with like him melting out of the red hood suit and you know mm-hmm. fighting the guys. He tries to turn to Batman to mess with Jason, but it doesn't doesn't work. I do love the way that the that's drawn though with the cape, the tendrils. With the cape, yeah. yeah. Oh man, so good. Do you know what I think works? Up, what, what I like about it is that it actually feels a lot like how Batman was drawn more in the nineties and the like, end of the eighties when mm-hmm. Jason's origin happened. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot of that, like that Kelly Jones vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, you know they're fighting Clayface. Uh, they end up freezing him <laughs> in a freezer where it's just his head sticking out, but the rest of him's all frozen. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, basically, he he impersonated Red Hood because that's the one that people would believe would be a murderer. You know, people people would question yeah. it if it was Nightwing or Batman. Like then they, they would right. know. No one's gonna question Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah, because this guy was an informant, and so they had to go and you know whoever whoever Clayface is working for, and of yeah. course has ties to to. Jason's past a little bit. Yeah, well, I appreciated because I was a little bit worried that this was going to be like, oh, the person behind his mother's death. But mm-hmm. I kind of like yeah. it was like, no, it was just the first time she OD'd. She survived this and she had more ODs, you know? Right. The, I like that point. Yeah. Just a drug dealer, essentially. The, the, yeah. the dude's a drug dealer and he's been, you know, living large. And so the the actual FBI is going. So those, the, the, the guys yeah. that uh, they got the footage from were FBI agents. And like um, that keeps it within the realm of this is why the FBI is dealing with this and not other superheroes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it was because this drug dealer used a supervillain that got, you know, Nightwing and Red Hood. Involved. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, because he's trying to leave in a plane uh, at the moment and mm-hmm. or, he, they get Oracle to try and delay him as much as possible. And I, I kind of like yeah. that the, the guy's smart enough to realize that all these delays are just to keep him here. So he's like, no, no, like take off yep. now. He holds a gun up to the pilot's head. He's like, no, we're going. Yep. Uh, and they use the Batmobile <laughs> to uh, stop the plane, <laughs> if you will. You said I could drive. And he wrecks it right into the plane to stop it. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's the like. Obviously, they get in and they they, they apprehend them, and Jason chooses yeah. not to like murder him, so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, but like, after... Just give him a good whack with the crowbar, though. Don't he, he hit him with the crowbar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, afterwards, yeah. like, it's like, well. Yeah, you know what Batman doesn't know doesn't hurt him. It's like I think he's going to notice the damage to the Batmobile because we drove it into yeah. a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it just ends in a sweet moment. It is a very one and done story, but it like this is going to fit nacely into whatever Nightwing trade it gets tacked onto the mm-hmm. end of. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's such a good little one off. That's and I feel it's like just joining those issues of making us come around on Jason. I know, and I, I feel like it's continuing the idea of like. It's still relevant to the run because so much of what Taylor's been doing is Dick's relationship with all the other Bat family members, which he's yep. been doing. Between Alfred, Barbara's a main character and their relationship's like an ongoing thing. His relationship... Lost up with Tim. Yeah, like, yep. he's, he's really delving into what Dick means to everyone around him. And I think that this is why it still fits into the overall run quite happily. Which I think we're, we're, we're due a, a reckoning with Damien, right, at some point. In this oh, program. for sure. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if him and Williamson do some sort of Nightwing Robin crossover, crossover or something. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. Uh, which, which would tell me by if, if Nightwing wasn't the star of this book, I would be a little bit worried that Taylor's making us, you know, you know he, he's making Dick too relatable and something bad is going to happen. Mm. But oh, I think something bad character. Will yeah. It, it, yeah. He's, he's got that daredevil thing, right? In well, that yeah, every time something good be... starts happening, it, no, no, no. Yeah. His course. life needs to be shit. What, 
I mean, I, I can see them orchestrating a thing where eventually when we get the, the proper Damien, like, story that he's going to do with them, that, you know, what if for some reason, like, Batman's like, out for the count and for some reason he has to put on a bat suit? Not that he's going to be Batman per- permanently for any reason, right. but just as a one-issue thing, he's like, hey, for all time's sake, let's go be Batman and Robin. see it happening mm-hmm. with Batman Inc. starting back up. Yeah. And, I, you know, oh, he needs mm-hmm. to be the Batman of Gotham again for a little bit. Uh, that that would seem more not permanent, permanent, but like more permanent in the sense that that would be like, oh, that's going to last for a year or something like that. Whereas I'm thinking just like a one issue. I, I would have thought just yeah. like a couple of issues in probably yeah. in the Bat Book itself. As uh, okay, Bruce is off somewhere. He, he he needs a Batman of Gotham, so Dick fills in right. temporarily. Because I I feel like the choice to put on the Bat suit, it maybe it's something he doesn't really need to do because he can still just be Nightwing. But because he's with Damien, he says, "Hey, for old times' sake." I'm I'm going to go put the bat suit on and we can go be Batman yeah. and Robin because we were the best Batman and Robin and that's you know how it is. Uh, delightful as always. Uh, I had a fun time. Uh, the art uh, by uh, Tormine HDR. Uh, that's mostly pretty good. Uh, didn't blow me away, but like there's a lot of nice. Like you said, that opening page is very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the action stuff with the the Batmobiles, good fun. And another um, yeah, ex- a good example of, of having two artists because it's very clearly distinct in mm-hmm. you know completely different time periods. Yeah, it's, the, it's just a flashback mm-hmm. that's the other artists, yeah. So yeah. uh well divided in that sense and yeah, so very lot to complain about. Matt, what are you giving Nightwing annual? Eight point five. Connor. Eight point five. Eight point five, yes. I think we're we're all agreed on this one. So good stuff. Speaking of Robin, Robin Annual 2021, uh, Joshua Elmson writing with Roger Cruz on the art. And this issue is set after issue six of the book. And I feel like when this is put in the trade, they'll probably slot it in and there. It, it takes before yeah. six. Is it before six? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. Well, it's before the tournament it, starts. It's, 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 it's when Damien gets back to the island when he's been Damien. off talking to the Bat family, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever that and- fits. Yeah, after Dick gave him the, uh, you know, the scrimistic, you know, um, to remind him of, of the Robins. The, the only way I'm so confident it's before six is it's the editor's note on the very first panel. Uh, well, I, I'm just opening it now, but, uh, yeah. like, like I knew when it took place, it was just a question of, like, what issue that was, but, yeah, yeah like, yeah, so yeah. it's just after he's seen the Bat family and he's come back, and the idea is, is that he's got some access to the Bat computer through these sticks, and it's a framing device for him just sort of, like, doing some... Basically, some fleshing out of some of the other characters, especially yeah. the new ones. This is this is basically Robin Secret Files. Kinda, yeah. Uh, and a few of them are like, some secret origins. Yeah, a few of them are one-page things, but obviously some of the characters get a bit more time. Uh, we spend a bit more time in Flatline and her backstory and her origin. Mm-hmm. We get a bit more on like why Ravagers here, uh, which ties into the mystery of who Respawn is. So. Uh, honestly, I think this is a fine little issue that is going to fit really well into the, the second trade, and it probably should just go where it's set, because when I, when I was reading this, I was like, you know what, I think I would have enjoyed this more if it was actually just where, where it was set, rather than here awkwardly after the next arc. That we've if this was an done. annual that came out three months ago, yeah. whatever it was now, yeah. I would have enjoyed it more. As it is, I'm like, it's fine. I didn't need this now. I could have skipped this. I still think no, I- it is fine. I think it's worthwhile still, though. I, I still think it's worthwhile because yeah. I like getting I like the backstory it. of like Flatline, for example. When I say I could have yeah. skipped this, I could have skipped this this week. Sure. But I don't yeah. mean like, it's not bad, it's fine. Yeah. But I, if, if I didn't read this, I wouldn't have felt like I'd missed a whole lot. Oh, is this the one Matt's got the hot take on? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, 
Did you guys know Flatline was Russian? No. No, no, that's just to me. Okay. I had, I had zero indication until we get her origin, which I think I, is fun. Like, yeah, I don't think it really you know. mattered before. No, like, but I was just like, okay, we're, we're in Moscow. I mean, usually when you have Russian characters, they, they very distinctly accent them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but other than giving her an accent, I mean, what they usually do is they'll say, oh, they'll throw in some Russian words here or there to show you that they're Russian. Right. And say, no, hey. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, you get the flashback where she basically discovers her power when her grandfather dies and as he yeah. dies she like takes all of his skills right and sees kind of what his life mm-hmm. was and it turns out he was this badass assassin dude for the kgb <laughs> she thinks that she he was a serial killer because in, <laughs> in her processing is just like oh he killed a bunch of people but no it turns out he was like a kgb weapon you yeah know? um and that the people that want to keep that a secret are going to be coming after and so and, and a really nice touch I, I to like this that. is that like she kind of hears from him and, and it's actually mm-hmm. like drawn the exact same way that damien's uh hearing alfred i thought yep. that was a nice touch and yeah. and they are yep. uh really smart really stuff good. uh so yeah she ends up like because she's taken his skills and he had the same power where he was like taking all the skills of everyone he killed he racked up a lot of skills so she's qu- immediately very good <laughs> at being a fighter mm-hmm. and being like a, a killer yeah. Uh, and she so the the priest turns out to be undercover and pulls out some machine guns and she like quickly so, snaps his neck. <laughs> uh, which which all that all that did was remind me of, what was it Expendables two or three? I now pronounce you man and knife. Um, that's all this reminded me of. So cheesy. Yeah, it was cheesy. It was it. it was fun cheesy though. Uh, yep. So yeah, our family kind of disown her and she runs off uh, and goes to uh, Lord Deathman. But then just kills Lord Deathman to take his power or take his skills. Which, you know. Lord Deathman, it just seems like something out of a Valiant comic rather yeah. than DC. Not, not that's I mean, necessarily bad. Which I think is okay because yeah, he's, th- he's a throwaway character to be killed. So, yeah. Fine. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's basically immortal. He comes back. I mean, uh, that's what I like about him. He's very uh, Morrison y type. Mm. I understand why he, Morrison brought him back in Ink and in his Batman run. Um, but I do like how he basically is only like that because of the Lazarus juice. Um, so them putting that in there, and that's how she ends up on Lazarus Island to go into the tournament. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, assuming yeah. the uh, the groovy was supposed to be a Evil Dead reference. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the, the, yeah, the, like you say, the, the bribing him with Lazarus juice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so and then we get and I, I i was a little worried that it was just going to be these one page things after this because yeah. you know, the next couple we get are just these and yeah they are fairly minor characters you get one page for black swan one page for xxl uh one page for the drenched i did kind of like that the, the drenched is like a half atlantean half trench so i was like wait a minute yeah who had sex with the trench well how do we know they didn't you know that's how it came to be you know we don't know. It's a monster. Mm, like that. Yeah. Uh, just questions. I, I will say also, it felt mad scientisty with the two talking yeah. about it. I'm yeah. not mm-hmm. sure there was any um, copulation. Sure. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's uh, fair. Also, I like that. I forget that Double XL is ten years old. Um, <laughs> so the fact there's this ten year old with titanium laced hand wraps or or gloves that I'm sure is deriving power from the hype men. Um, I sh- that's such a weird concept. It 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 shouldn't work, but it does. So, but I think that's kills. Yeah, like <laughs> because it's not like we've gotten a ton of double XL, right? It's 
he's been used sparingly. So um, yeah. I, I do like that. And there we go, the Mr. Respawn, which turns out to be more the reason why Ravager's here, is that mm. uh, she fights all these ninjas uh, that stole stuff from, you know, what she thinks was Destro, but when she goes to the, the, the hideout, it's actually yeah. uh, Ravager's old hideout that's been, like, ransacked. Yeah, her so, brother, Grant. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so she basically goes because she wants to figure out who's stolen all of his stuff and, like, who's, you know, Set, you know, and then there's a you know a couple of pages for uh, Connor Hawk setting up his stuff, uh, where he basically woke up after being like brought back, you know, during whatever. It's, it's a two-page recap of who the shit he is. Yeah. Just which, you know, if you've never read anything of it, right. which is probably good for some people actually. Yeah, I think it is. They don't realize, yeah. but also um, but... probably should have been a long time ago in the book rather than in sure. you know random annual hey. what after nine yeah. issues. Yeah, but but I like here that it's here that they just give the quick hit version of it, um, mm-hmm. and basically like he got Doctor Manhattan here. It's funny because so, um, like you get to the last page, which is basically after this bit, and Robin like th- takes out the the tech because he doesn't want to be tracked, he doesn't want help, mm-hmm. and it, it says you know pick up Robin issue six on sale now, and I'm like issue six was months ago. Like I feel like you may yeah, actually good luck finding that in a store. Yeah, you have hard hard yeah. time like doing that now. Uh, which makes me wonder, actually, if um, this was actually meant to be like a few months ago, and I got think pushed. so. Maybe printing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or, or, like, it feels like maybe they're starting to shift these messages more towards Trades. digital readers. Yeah, or digital. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, no, yeah. no need to worry about then. If if you picked up this issue because it was a just a new issue this week and you like the look of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I, I do I do wonder because like. Last annual month would have been two or three months ago, and it might have like fit perfectly there. So it makes me think maybe it was meant to be then. Uh, and it's not the end of the Feels world. Feels weird that they held it this long though. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know because they've, they've done I mean, that recently where they've just thrown out annuals in random. True, months. true. It's happening next week, so I mean, yeah, yeah. it does happen. Uh, but yeah, um, so there's a short epilogue though with Razal Ghul. Uh, where yeah. Talia comes to see him. Not much to it, but... Uh, no, but that plays him with the checkmate. I think that's pretty interesting, because that's the Leviathan ship she left with. Oh, sure. I thought it was interesting as well, uh, you know, uh, follow Talia's adventures in the pages of Batman, which makes sense. Robin, again, right. both of Williamson's makes sense, and Deathstroke Inc., so all Williamson books. They're yeah. going to be very heavily tied together. Um, and this is, and don't miss Shadow War coming in 2022. Do, am I misremembering, or do, do we know what Shadow War is? Uh, no, I think... I think it's, it's a vague recollection of it being mentioned. It's obviously a story coming up in one of the books. Right. If, if not, it was just, if not it these was that, three specifically. <laughs> it was something I don't remember hearing about Shadow War. Mm-hmm. And and I'm wondering, because the way that's that's bolded in white in the same way mm-hmm. that the other text is for the names of the books, that mm-hmm. is this a book that has yet to be announced? It, uh, yeah. In, uh, it, it could be like an event that spins through those books, because we know Batman's yeah. redoing ink. We know Williamson has this trust organization through Deathstroke Inc., right? And it seems like they're all going to lay into each other. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a mini. Is this yeah. the one that's I think with, with Williamson doing Batman, Robin, and Deathstroke Inc., mm-hmm. and then maybe something, you know, this event that'll tie them together, it, it feels like he's definitely carving out his own corner. Yeah. Which, which is cool. I um. Like I've not read the last couple issues of Destro King, but I enjoyed the first one well enough that I wouldn't be opposed to catching up. A little the third thing. one, he was riding a unicorn and fighting with a sword. He was fighting a cheater yeah. in a fantasy world. Yes, 
fantastic. It, it, it was amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it seems like an easy thing to binge a few issues of if, when, it, when mm-hmm. I feel like I want to catch up. So I wish it wasn't Howard Porter on it. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, it was just a case of, you know, it was out in a week where it was like one book too many, and it was the one that was like, ah, it doesn't feel essential. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like Zend out Raz Algol. I think that's a nice. I don't think I've ever seen that type of Raz before. Sure. So, no, the fact that he had this inner serenity on this island mm-hmm. and Natalia shows up to screw it all up, I definitely like that because I feel like, like, not that Raz needs to be redeemed, but I feel like we always get the Bond villain version of him a new, a new take on him like, yeah so like this, this kind of fresher take and he just had to be like oh those days are behind me you know and then when talia fails it'll i like you know, he's, he's him still back. clearly very capable like you know when yeah. they just come up he's still like grabbing those swords and stab them both with their own swords. yeah yeah, yeah. So. so all right what are you giving robin annual issue one matt well i'm giving it an eight car i'm giving it a six it's it's mostly just fine but um i like the epilogue <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess I'm splitting the difference and going seven. I think it's a fine issue. Yeah. I think it's a perfectly nice addition to like flesh out some of these characters. Uh, but I do think it would have been better read where it actually took place between those two issues. Uh, and I suspect that when they put the trade out, it's going to be there because I don't. There's nothing about this that feels like oh, it's like a prequel where you're supposed to have some future knowledge for some context or some right. whatever. It, it doesn't feel like agreed, that. But surely that first trade's already out or about to come out. It would be in the first trade, though. It'd be in the second trade. Oh, because of the backups. That, that, okay, I forgot that. Was was the first trade just one to four, one to five? Yeah, yeah, it was like it was it was like yeah, the, the two the the, the previous the backup that set it up and then like because the tournament didn't start until the second trade, so I think this would go to start the second trade before the tournament starts. Yeah, I'm just Amazon has volume one of Robin being one to six. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. But as I say, that it could be wrong because that's Amazon. That's I'm just because that's, that's the, just the standard assumed. Like one to six is what you expect in a trade usually. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if Comicsology has it. I'm gonna go check. You guys can move on to the next book while I do. I'm just intrigued. Nice. Okay. Coming up. Justice League Dark Annual 2021. Uh, Matt just told me about mm-hmm. this uh, whilst we started the show, so I have nothing written down for it. So tell us who, yeah. who did it. <laughs> uh, so this is Ram V and Dan Waters with... Let me get to the, to the page, to the title page on art. Eric Clapton. And of course, it's probably... Huh? Eric Clapton. Did he do that? No. Christopher Mitten. I was uh, close. Yeah, he did the inks. Yeah. So, this is the one that I wish I didn't read just because <laughs> of timing. And it's not <laughs> bad. That There's more. The one that I didn't wish, uh, I, wish I didn't read was because it was bad. Um, I had to go back. So, before we started, I was thumbing through a comic that I, I put on the ground right before, and my, my cat decided to start chewing on the corner of the of the, the plastic. I had to go back and, and relook at Justice League Dark because I forgot how it ended because it does not bleed into this whatsoever. So that Justice League Dark, I didn't cover it because I didn't cover that Justice League. It basically ends them fighting uh, them fighting Merlin and they get uh, Zatanna under control because the Upside Down Man has been unleashed through this demon that, that manifests through Ragman's, you know, suit. All right, so 
you know, Merlin ends up conjuring Arion, the old Atlantean sorcerer, to be his sapphire knight, which I'm sure means something in, in Arthurian legend, Connor. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, Green Knight. I, I wasn't Peace listening knight. because, again, I'm going to reread. Oh, I'll reread. I'm going to actually so, read all this Justice League Dark stuff at some but, point. But it, a sapphire knight. Is that very King Arthur? It's not style? ringing a bell, but. Right. Okay. Probably. So that's how that ended. This this picks up with uh, a triumphant uh, Merlin just wreaking havoc, and they're just like dark back at their headquarters. Um, Wonder Woman shows up. You know, she hasn't been on the team in a minute because she's been away. And that um, the Helm of Naboo has a new patron, basically. And it's an, an Egyptian goddess named... Where's, where's the name? Because she reaches out to to Diana. Um, shoot. Oh, Huahet. Um, and that's now who's speaking through um, fate. Um, and it, yeah, and we just get a lot of um, magic being uh, kind of in chaos because of Merlin. And then uh, they bring in Randir Singh, who is the 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 telepath that the the knight went to go that she did stuff with Batman. And this is where it kind of gets out where it feels like I'm reading stuff that hasn't happened yet. But Randir Singh talks about how he saw how basically he's the reason that Jason Blood and um the demon are able to coexist now because Jason Blood had got sent to heaven, but he got bored. The demon was in hell, so they'd rather be rejoined. And he's kind of hinting that he knows that he knows that there's something up with Jason Blood because no one just leaves heaven, right? And with the demon, no one just leaves hell. And this plays for me, I was, you know, thinking about the Justice League Dark feature state. Where, where uh, Detective Chip was bonded with the demon, and Jason Blood was one of Merlin's knights, and so that's all very much here. But um, Randir Singh talks about how he, while sleeping, because when he was a prisoner of Merlin to pull him off the board, he saw Merlin go and talk with this this being, um, and there's something missing with Merlin, and so. Um, as he says that you weren't meant to see any of this, you know, um, that that's actually what, what brings him into that, that Merlin takes him off the board by sedating him and, and whatnot. But then this dude shows up who I have no idea who this guy was, but he, he's a blind man wearing a white suit. Um, and he's called Mr. E. So Connor, real quick, do you know who Mr. E is? Uh, the magician. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea who this guy was. He's, um, it used to play up in a lot of Constantine stuff, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, Constantine hates him. So when he shows up, Constantine uh, is just like, yeah, I'm not, if we're involving this guy, I'm not dealing with him. But he does everything backwards. So he shows up and he drinks from an empty glass that when he puts it back down, it fills with whiskey, which completely befuddles the Bobo. Because he's like, wait, he just drank his whiskey backwards? And come to find out that I guess he got banished to the end of time, and he had to walk backwards to catch back up. 
and which I believe yeah. is often the take that you see with a bunch of Merlin stories as well. Okay, well, there you go. Because as he's there at the end of time, he sees Merlin talking to a this this dark god that Randy Singh had seen, and it comes to find out it is the Kali not Kali Yuga. Where's his name? It's basically Darkseid's dad, and that. Merlin was at the end of time in that he sees all of this backwards that he basically put a piece, he took a piece of Merlin in order, and that's what has weaponized Merlin, is that um, when he took this this piece, he says, you don't have it in you to be cruel enough to, to prepare Earth for what's to come, so I shall be cruel for you. And cruel enough for all within the universe. And all this stuff is written backwards in the way that if you want to make sense of it, you have to read it from the bottom to the top. You could read it from the top to bottom and just fill in. But I, I, so I think that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so so basically he had tampered with Merlin and then now Merlin's going to come and wreak havoc. But the, Mr. E wants to make a, a deal with them. Um, in order to defeat Merlin, and uh, he leaves, and then shows back up to talk to Zatanna and um, Khalid, and that uh, Juga Khan, by the way. Um, he saw a, a part of Merlin's soul being torn away by Yuga Khan, but I found it before I saw what had happened because he's doing stuff backwards. So he took the piece of that soul. So now they have to basically work with him in order to defeat Merlin. And he put it in one of his eye sockets. Um, and that in it, it when, when Zatanna looks into the eye, it's basically all the sense of wonder that Merlin had had. So it's like the, the purest part of him. They make a blood deal, and she ends up with it. Um, and now this is a, a piece that I guess they're going to try to restore into Merlin to stop him. On any other week, this would have been fine. Um, however, just like it feels like it's a story that's of its own. because It doesn't really feel like it's continuing what had happened in the last issue of Justice League Dark. Um, and just reading it, it felt very tedious. I didn't know who this Mr. E guy was. I mean, it was very interesting to see him doing stuff backwards. And I love any time of, of storytelling when they play with that. And Ramvi's very, I mean, that's kind of his brand at this point. Um, but yeah, it's kind of getting back on the weirder elements of Justice League Dark, where I like it more when it focuses in on ma magic or horror. And this is just kind of like the off-center stuff. Um, it was just kind of a mess with trying to throw in Randy or Singh and all the other, all the other plot threads, almost as if like they're trying to wrap up and... I feel like if we had this as an actual book and not a backup, this wouldn't feel as messy. So it almost feels like they're trying to do a ton of storytelling in this annual because they don't have the space for it elsewhere. And that's kind of a shame. Um, the art's pretty good. It's it's very distinct in the way that it feels like, I don't want to say sloppy, but like sketchy. Like it feels, you know, compared to the art that we've been getting in Justice League Dark, it's very crisp and fine. Um, so it almost again makes it feel like its own thing, but yeah, man. On, on any other week, I wish I hadn't read this, just because this was so packed. Um, but I'm gonna give this a six point five. 
Batman Detective Issue 6, Tom Taylor writing with Andy Cooper and Sandra Hope on the R. Uh, so this has been a while since Issue 5, a little bit of a delay. Um, yeah. And I, I will say for me, like it's funny that obviously Tom Taylor is usually the book that I'm looking forward to the most, but this has been my least favourite Tom Taylor book that I've, I've read. Uh, me too. This was a sub, but where this week I was like, do I, do I really yeah. need to read this on top of everything else? Honestly... But- it's it, it, because it was the last issue. Yeah, it was the last issue, so I felt okay. I'll just have to read it because it's the Might last well one. Get it over and done with. Yeah, yeah. Which and, and, sounds because it's not actually that bad. It's not get over and done with, but more in the context of there were ten books this week, six or seven of them annual size. Yeah, and most I'm, I'm, and pretty much regular, all of them were more interesting than this final issue. Yeah. Of this on on a regular week, I, this would have been fine. But the fact that I read this and it kind of just amounts to nothing. I was just like, oh, man, what a what a ending of a wet fart. And I I could have read Wonder Woman, you know, uh, between this and Justice League Dark, I made bad decisions. Yeah, that this yeah. felt honestly the arc as a whole feels a little bit throwaway to me by the yeah. end. I didn't really get much out of it in terms of, like almost everything else Taylor's written like hits like emotional beats or does like you know even like you know when you look at deceased. Oh, not even as a whole, even just that that that's that that many did like right, which was like three issues. Yeah. Like that had so many high notes that it felt so mm-hmm. worthwhile, even without the rest of the ceased. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, I get to the end of it and go, oh, it's kind of just a throwaway mini series that most people are going to forget. Yeah. And also at the end, it's Batman learning that lesson of oh, we should help people, which is the <laughs> second or third book this week with that message that yeah, I'm like, like yes, Batman should know this already. Right, Batman and that's the thing here too is like the whole. I wish they had introduced the Squire stuff earlier because I felt like they jammed, I felt like Taylor jammed that in at the end, you know, because uh, I love the dynamic between Squire and Batman while Knight's gone. And that made for a lot of fun interactions. But here, when you find out about her mom, I was just like, well, this is just kind of a waste of plot point. Now. Yeah. Well, no, explain what that is about. Who's her mom? Oh, so. I thought you wanted to go in order, but well, um, I mean, this one I don't feel like is we're going to talk about as okay, much. I will. So, so in in the uh, in Equilibrium's um, origin, right? There was that attack. Who's the, the villain? Just because I forgot her name was Equilibrium until gotcha. they said it. Equilibrium's until, the villain. Until they said it five times, I forgot who they were. I was like, who's yeah. Equilibrium? Oh, it's the white Batman chick. Who's... I just remember Equilibrium <laughs> just because that sounds like an organization and not a villain. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so the villain. Uh, her origin is tied up in the smuggling operation that went wrong. Well, it turns out that Squire's mother was one of the smugglers and ran back in to save uh, the other person. Well, which we saw. Like this, this was a flashback to a scene that we right. got back in like issue two or something like that. Right. And and she got put away for life, and that's why uh, the uh, knight had taken the Squire. And like that would have been nice but it's just kind of thrown in at the end and like again i like it in principle i the execution though was you know i didn't yeah, need well, more batman busting up equilibrium members yeah i think the, the part of the problem for me is that like it introduces okay that this that squire is the daughter of this woman we saw in this flashback mm-hmm. back in like issue two but it then uses that to try and be kind of the emotional beat at the very end when she's like, oh, yeah. she's reunited with her daughter. It's like, Bruce got her out of prison and, like, yeah. she's reunited with her daughter finally. And I kind of felt like, eh, like, uh, 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 you, you introduced us so late on and I don't think that Squire has been, like, focused on enough to make her, no. like, parenthood, like, the the, 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 uh, the core I, of this. 
And it feels no. like Bruce is just pulling strings as a favor rather than actually yeah. caring about well, releasing this potentially wrongly for, you know convicted there, woman. There is one thing. I like. So so the whole plot is that Equilibrium is going to like you know destroy all Joan London. So, so so they're all yeah. going to London to have this big face off, right? Um, the one thing I kind of liked is that. Bruce actually stops uh, Descartes from killing Equilibrium, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that it's argued to her that, well, Batman just saved you, and your whole thing is you kill who Batman... And I love that she does just try and kill herself. Like she just puts the gun yeah. up to her chin, and obviously they stop her, right? But right. I like that, that Batman stops it, and I was like, wait, what? And then they're even like, yeah, you shattered some bones in your hand, didn't you? Well, yeah, because like, maybe. Well, we have to yeah. explain how he did it before you have to explain that. So, his hand over the top yeah. The so, so, so the gun's up to her chin, and he just goes in with his hand like that, and like just blocks yeah. it with his hand. And I'm like, right. like I know, I know you've got good gloves, but like, yeah. how tactically strong are these gloves? Because right. <laughs> that was a bullet point They'll blank. Stop the bullet, but the, the impact still shattering some some bones there. Yeah, well, which is fair. It could even theoretically shatter her jaw. Right, because the kicks and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did like it. I I think it's Ducard, or or it might be Knight. It's like you broke some hand or bones with the hand. Did you? You shattered your hand into a lot of pieces, though. Yeah, it it was it was the one sequence in the whole issue that felt kind of inspired. Like there was a good idea Mm -hmm. here, whereas the rest of it just kind of felt like by the numbers to me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I didn't really get much, and you know, I've not been a fan of the art, and it ends very quickly because, like, actually, yeah. So the page. Uh, about the shatter on the hand right after the, the, mm-hmm. the gunshot it's the very next page is the final page of the book which is like the mum getting out of prison and hugging Squire so it's, it's very rapid and sudden it felt like it needed another issue or more the six issues needed to be repaced elsewhere yeah but for here at the end it needed more time yeah and there was definitely stuff in the other issues that I felt was superfluous so I think it probably just needed to be rethought and just edited mm-hmm. down a bit yeah just Paste around. Some extra stuff added here, yeah. Uh, what's the shame? I, and you know, we've, we've been kind of lukewarm on this book since quite early on. I'd say by and large, so this is not a surprise. Um, it's weird to be so blasé on a Taylor book, but I mean, it doesn't feel that bad in the sense that like he he's, he was firing on all cylinders like with another issue this very week, and he's got multiple things going right yeah. now that are all it's great. It's not like so. this is a bad book; like it's perfectly readable and fine. Like if 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 you pick up the trade yeah. list on sale or whatever, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's a Tom Taylor Batman book." However, if someone like, asked, oh, yeah, but if someone asked me for Tom Taylor recommendations, this is down far. And everything this is, is that like, yeah, this is. It's not yeah. on the list. It's not. A, it's not a recommendation. Yeah. It's a. Yeah, if you want yeah. to, com- for completion's sake, read everything he's done. Yeah, yeah. then it's not a bad <laughs> read. But do you like the idea of Henry Ducard? All right, you might like this. Yeah, um... if, if someone <laughs> asks me, oh, shall I pick this up? But, you know, I, I've got spare budget. I'm picking up trades this week. This is out. Shall I pick it up? Like, if, sure. Why not? You know, you, you're not. You're not going to hate it. You're you probably disappointed. You'll be disappointed, though. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed by the standards of a Tom Taylor book. But if you kind of go yeah. in, it's like, yeah, it's a perfectly fine bat- well, Batman. Well, yeah, but that's book. that's the yeah. point, though, is that it, you go into it, it's a Tom Taylor Batman book. He he's definitely got a better Batman in him than this. And then one day, I'm assuming we're going to mm-hmm. get it. No, no I, I agree with that. But I'm saying, if someone just asked me, oh, shall I just, you know, it's a Batman mini, I'm kind of interested. Shall I read it? You know, sure. I, I give him credit for for doing something that's outside of Gotham with Ducard and Knight and Squire and. You know, he did try new things. It's not like he's it feels just like mailing it in. It just right, given that we're it, moving back to Batman Inc. now, and yeah, we'll be doing um, globe trying Batman again. 
Yeah, hopefully, yeah, so hopefully like, not too much because I don't really like Batman Inc. as a concept. But I mean, that, that seems to be the focal point of Williamson's Batman stuff is Batman Inc. Yeah, so. and I, I'm saying I hope it doesn't last too long. <laughs> well, regardless, um, yeah, this, this was a disappointment, and I was just like, man, all right, cool. I'm glad this is over. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not a big network of Batman. Like, I mean, I'm fine with having a network of Bat family members, but like, I just, I just don't like the idea of. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I like I'm the Club of Heroes. You, but you sparingly like that's the thing with Ink was it that made them gave them so much focus. But it's been so you know? long now since we've had that that I'm kind of yeah. looking forward to it. Also, as for being disappointed, I, I think I was disappointed in the first issue. But I kind of once we'd had that issue and saw what this book was, I kind of recalibrated my expectations a pretty yeah. hefty amount. That I'm no longer disappointed by this final issue. No, nah, if anything, I'm more it's, disappointed. It's fine, but... I'm more disappointed now than I think I have been the whole thing because now it's like so, it never got better. <laughs> so now yeah. it's, now it's yeah. sunken that it's just this. I'm I'm with Pete on this one. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is like. I, I think I I'd, I'd lowered my expectations enough to being like, oh, this is just what this book's going to be. Well, I'm okay with. I that. think people need Tom I, Taylor I, too much. Yeah, but I don't want to lower my expectations. If I have to lower my expectations with a Tom Taylor book, then it's disappointing. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was disappointing at <sighs> issue one, and then I lowered my expectations. Like, forget this is a Tom Taylor book. Just it's a re- it's a <laughs> a random Batman mini that's coming out. On those bar, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but it's just, it's just fine. It's just not even like it's not, it's not like we're saying it's not up to Taylor standards, but it's still pretty good. I wouldn't say it's pretty good. I'd say it's like passable. You know, uh, like I, so. I think the phrase I used was "it's enjoyable enough." I stand by that. I don't know if I'm, I'd go that far. Yeah. <laughs> it's ultimately yeah. where, where I think I'm sitting at. I hate lining up with Pete. I just want you to know this. Was, was this was this the one you had said that was the you wish you hadn't read? Yeah, okay. I just wish like. That, this was, was this was the most slightly candidate bit for me, I think, when you said that. Yeah. So. so fair enough. That's what it is. But I still didn't read a Ghostmaker story, so that's a win. So. Mm. <laughs> um, and we still, um, you know, like, we, 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 I mean, at least me and Matt have been pretty vocal and not been super hot in the art in this book, uh, yeah. the whole time. So that, this is the one thing I do like is is the big Jack dude who has a, you know, the the family in in London, um. I do like the way he's drawn just because he's so grotesque, mm. but that doesn't match the rest of the art in the book because everyone I, is kind of. I really like out. that panel of uh, Batman with the drones behind him and the cape flowing. I think that panel is great. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I call this whole thing. She's, she's bought a lot of drones from the US military that she's going to use yeah. to bomb the shit out of London, but then Batman reprograms them because he's got Oracle who can reprogram things. Also, uh, on that page, you see Dick there with with Babs, and he looks yeah. like a really old man. He looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. he looks. I, I, I think that's more the coloring than anything else. He, it, it looks like he's like like got gray hair. He looks like yeah. for some reason like it was like wait is this maybe set in the future? Because all of a sudden Dick looks like he's from like uh, Kingdom Come or something like that. What's, yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> what's going on? He's got the Reed Richards hair going on. He does, <laughs> and it's funny. I said that on the same page. That is that panel that I think is the best moment of this book or this issue. You know, is, is on that same page. Also, not to be totally negative, I do like that um, Knight's Castle is set up like a bat cave with trophies from mm. her exploits as Knight and Squire. Yeah. Um, I, that, that was pretty fun. It was a nice little moment. thought the art looked good there, too. I just, I think Hubert sometimes just, everyone's Bane. And, and it's, it's tough, you know? Yeah. All right, Matt, what are you giving Batman Detective issue six? Uh, it's a five. Probably right. a six. Yeah, mm, 
I argue with Mango with a five on this one. Uh, okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. Wonder Girl, issue five. Joel Jones with Ad Adriana Milo on the art. Uh, so this is the first issue that jo Jones herself is not also doing the art, which is interesting. But uh, it feels like um, Milo is definitely copying. Yeah, like I'll, I'll be honest, I actually double checked because I, I yeah. wrote down the, the names for the, all these books before I read this one because I read this mm -hmm. in the last batch. And when I went to look at the first couple of pages, I went, Wait, are you sure this is not still Jones? and checked. I was like, Oh, that is. Yeah, because yeah, oh. there's, there's a couple panels where the faces are a little bit wonky, and I was like, That's not like Jones. And then I went and double checked. I was like, Oh, this is uh, Mello, who is, we're fans of. It, it's in there, terms of the. Uh, comparison of the style like matching that for a film yeah. issue it's about as perfect as you're ever it, it's part. definitely passing for jones a lot of the time just maybe yep. not quite as perfect but it's got the, yes. uh, do you know what i think it is that really sells it for me it's those heavy heavy thick inks yeah yep yeah so uh you know it's fine i remember we were a bit more lukewarm in the last issue of this it was kind of running out of steam because the plot was getting a little bit rushed and messier and like just not as con cohesive um and I'm still kind of feeling that to an extent. Like, there's stuff I like in this issue. There's, like, I, I felt like you ended this cliffhanger of, like, is, is she going to drink the drink to become, uh, like, indoctrinated, right? And obviously she decides not to, like, very early on in this. I kind of, yeah. and maybe it's the delays between issues where I've just sort of lost the feeling of this, the, the pacing of it. But it just kind of felt stilted to me, the way it just kind of quickly happens and then we go into an action scene, like, almost, like, immediately. Yeah. But I feel like this is the Yara that we're familiar with. That she's just like, hey, you know what? On second thought, I'm gonna dump this out in front of you guys. I, yeah. I still really like all the character stuff. I do think the story's a bit. Yeah. At this yeah, point. No, I, I still like the character of Yara. I still like the decisions mm -hmm. she's made here. I, I think the way it built up to the decision last issue f felt weird because I didn't like that issue that much. I felt the way it kind of yeah. like just she seemed to like just accept things really easily, and then she's turning around and like disregarding it here, which oh. is fine, but. She's... I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Th I don't think it earned us thinking she would even be tempted. No, I guess not at all. But I always took it as she's just bilking them for training to be Wonder Woman. You know, because she even asked, "Where's Chiron?" I guess. You know? yeah. uh... So I, I took that as she never really intended to do it because she likes Earth too much. And... I think if that's the case, I will critique the writing saying that I never got that idea enough. Uh... Gotcha. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I also feel like, and Connor, I don't know if you agree, the Greek gods, the, the Olympians are a little bit off. Like, I feel like these aren't the Olympians. Like Hera feels on, but like Hephaestus and Eros, and they feel a little bit too, like, sort what I'm looking for, not maniacal, but conniving, right? Mm, like I don't know. That feels kind of in line for me. Yeah. But even Hephaestus, just, just yeah. going off with Era, like and and being a monster that's swinging a hammer, like that felt a little bit off. Yeah, um, maybe. But you know, and I get why, because it seems like there's like Themyscira and well, not Themyscira, the Greek gods are making a a play on something, something bigger is going on. Yeah, Joe. Uh, Joe, I think part of the problem with this issue as well is is that it comes to Cassie, right? And she's basically too much Cassie. I thought there was too much Cassie. I don't have a problem with that. It's that basically she's talking about her time with Yara and like looking for mm -hmm. Yara and like maybe she's had a good influence on Artemis and whatever. But 
then she just kind of like is told in the scene what's just happened what we've just seen happen in olympus and i'm just kind of like why are we hearing this again immediately like why why did we why do we have to hear or find out this information because there's nothing interesting about her finding out fundamentally because i think we we've, we've seen this before jones is not the best writer yeah I mean that's I mean that's the answer. I I get that. I get that's the answer. I'm just saying that you know like I don't usually. No, I, I know. <laughs> it happens every time that there's a Jones but where it looks gorgeous, and she has great ideas. I mm. think, but it doesn't quite know how to. Pace she needs a co-writer. Script. Yeah, I think a co-writer would really help, or or maybe just stronger editing. Yeah, yeah, maybe because it, um, it, just, it kind of felt like we just we cut to another scene only for a character to mostly learn something that we just literally read in the previous scene. And that's and that's what I meant by too much Cassie is like while all this is going on, it feels more like okay, we need to explain the Amazonian tribe more, and then have them explain everything. What, what, which was, like, it was fine. Well, no, when she when yeah. she starts talking to the the Brazilian mm-hmm. Amazon, that was fine because mm-hmm. it started to give us new information and was starting to contextualize mm-hmm. what they were. So that's that's fine, I think. Um, yeah. And you see stuff with uh, Yara fighting, you know, the big god cloud in the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which does look great, admittedly. You know, it's, it's a pretty scene. Um, but it's a little bit exposition-y, but I, I do think learning more about the Brazilian Amazon tribe and the idea yeah. well, you thought there was only one, like, Amazons, like, one strong woman clan. Like, no, yeah. there's there's more than one. And... I, I did think there was some weird editorial choices in setting up mm-hmm. this place, because... We see them fly in, and there's a big caption mm-hmm. box, you know, as they're going in over to the place, and, you know, it says Akahim, home, home of the Amazons, right? Oh, well, yeah, known as the, uh, was it, the Esquisita? Yeah, Esquisita. Yeah. yeah, and then, so that's fine, and then a few pages, and then we cut away and we go back to Olympus and, you know, do stuff like that. And it's just Yara fighting random and, Right, things. and this is fine, and then we come back to Cassie and the Brazilian Amazon, and they say, oh, and it's, again, big, uh, you know, location box, city of Akahim, and then it's immediately going, oh, so this is Akahim. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I got that. You've told me that twice already as a reader. Yeah. You, you, you either should have kept that a mystery as to where we were mm-hmm. or put a, you know, move that dialogue forward or done that on that double-page splash on the way in. Yeah, you know, had yeah. Her tell us that for the first time. It, it felt so jarring to read yeah. it twice in a narration first and then have it in dialogue being explained to us as well mm-hmm. and the same page like literally it says city of uh, akaheim and mm-hmm. then this is akaheim <laughs> like really yeah. back like and that's after we'd been introduced to like, it three or four pages ago as well I, I, i'm okay with them reiterating the name because it is a new name for us we have to learn that like you know if you just say it once it's not enough to really settle in but like having it right next to each other twice in the same page is, is mm-hmm. definitely clunky to me and it's, uh, it's for me. It's, it's for me. It's the introduction of it being after the other two instances. And I, I think as I'm looking at the issue again, like I am I, even more so than when I read it. Like I'm really noticing just how kind of throwaway a lot of the fighting that Yara's doing is. Like it's just, it just yeah. cuts back to her for like three or four pages fighting something uh, from Olympus, and most of it just feels like this is just kind of like pretty art fighting for the sake of it. There's not really a whole lot happening story wise progression. I, I was really just, like it ends on that big. You know, it's like, oh, you killed Jerry, and then. Immediately, it's just like right, carry on fighting, and then Jerry's never mentioned again. I just no. I, let me make a person right. You killed Jerry. Just someone yeah. killed Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> uh, and the, the end of the issue, I, I do like that they're bringing in Donna Troy because that's the reveal is that Donna Troy is already mm-hmm. there for Cassie to meet. And I'm like, okay, literally all the Wonder Girls are in this book now. That's kind of neat. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I have to admit the actual progression of the story in this, it felt like the Cassie stuff was the more important. 
mm-hmm. uh, part of the book. And all of Yara's stuff, other than turning down the goblet at the start, like it was just random fighting uh, yeah. constantly. I'm a little bit hopeful because they, they talk about how, yeah, once Yara's returned, we're going to march on Themyscira. That feels like it's going to tie into that, yeah. all that stuff coming up. And maybe that'll yeah. give us some much needed direction, which it's kind of felt mm-hmm. aimless. And it, it's kind of weird that it already feels like that with issue four and five. Like, it's four and five. Yeah. You're still in your first arc. Like, why does it yeah, feel like this? It, it felt it like felt... They, they were introducing the character and setting up, but then they were like, okay, we've got this story coming up. We kind of need to spin the wheels until we get there. And, it, and there wasn't a good story to. Which, which is maybe a fault of the of again of Jill Jones writing is that a better writer would think of a two or three issue like little story that would maybe like give her a nice little arc maybe a nice little story to just sort of really interest us to Yara and how she thinks. I think that's one of the other problems with this book is while I like seeing Cass and you know Donna now uh, you know I like these characters I do think the first handful of issues should have focused on Yara more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what sold us on this book was was that two issue story, Yara. which was just Yara, and it was just which like, is still fantastic. Yeah, right. So some of the you know play with the Brazilian folklore type of stuff too, because that kind of lays the foundation for this lost tribe of Amazonians, right? Like, which I, you know, I, yeah, I think all the Olympus stuff like probably came into it soon. It should have been focused yeah. maybe more on just like defining Yara and defining the tribe she came from, and then start bringing in the other parts to interfere with it. I wonder if you know we're saying, oh, you know, Jill's got like not quite got the direction, not quite maybe got the the writing chops. This I wonder if this is maybe not quite her fault, maybe. in the sense that maybe editorial have said we're doing this crossover event. You need to have this stuff set up by then. Yeah. So that's kind of why we haven't got this kind of first arc of Yara yeah. like we're kind of asking for. Yeah. 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 It may not really be her fault. Uh. It... <laughs> It's really I tough do think to judge. more seasoned writers could handle it better and well, have handled but it better. But it is telling to me that, you know, like, I, I, there was one good book that I intentionally left to the end, but otherwise my last batch of books was this and Batman the Detective. It was clearly the two books that I was the least looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, this week. Um, and it's, it's, it's a shame because unlike Batman the Detective, which was just kind of disappointing from the start in, in a way, this was like super exciting getting into because that future state issue or two issues yeah. was really good and the first issue of this i still think was pretty solid like it still did a lot of things mm-hmm. i liked in that first one or two issues but it very quickly started to feel like it was just yeah like spinning its wheels and yeah just being a bit I muddy s- in its storytelling i still don't understand why yara is so important to the greeks when they have yeah literally any other amazons to pull from like even even artemis and her band of the band of McDonald's. Why, it feels why like, is Yara so important? It does feel like there's a reason. It just feels that we're not getting to it because we're not yeah. going to do that story until after the crossover. Or maybe it's a part of the crossover. But right. either way, we're not getting to it yet because of that. Right. Yeah. But like, I would like to have a little bit of like even a, a tease of why. Because it's not like she's the only demigod that's, that's you know... It reeks of a, Amazon. It reeks of like a TV show where they've got a good overall idea. And there's like part of it's like a mystery of what's going on, but they're not actually like they don't do a good job of actually making the stories compelling that are building up yeah. to when we eventually get the mystery. So you end up just waiting around for like the good part, and that's a sign of yeah, it's a sign of bad writing, unfortunately. And I think yeah. Jones that's... here is struggling with the just the issue to issue actually having a compelling yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so. Uh, I mean, I'll lately still read issue six, and if if it's going to cross over with the other other wonder books, and I'm reading them oh. anyway, then it makes more sense to sort of. But it's going to be telling that when that crossover's done, if any of us still want to read Wonder Girl, I, I suspect 
I will probably read it after the crossover to see if it can. Yeah. Because during the crossover, even if it's not amazing, it'll be like, well, you're doing crossover stuff. This might right. not be your fault, right? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's kind of sad at that point where we're getting to issue like 10 or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. we still keep saying, this is not great, but it might not be her fault. <laughs> yeah. I think after that, we'll be, okay, you've got an issue, maybe two, to prove that you've got a direction for the book yeah. and you've got something to to do with it and, and to be fair it may still be very true it may not be her fault but even if we're still having to sort of question that at a certain point it doesn't it matter if, a point where it doesn't matter if it's not her fault yeah it's, it's just not good mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah you're gonna stop uh so yep. that's unfortunate uh but okay there you go wonder girl issue five what are you giving it matt uh 6.5 car i'm gonna give yet another six a lot of it because the art is still really nice yeah, I think I'm going to go yeah. with 5.5, just a little bit better than Detective, uh, which is, mm. yeah, that's Batman the Detective, not Detective Comics, which was much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just for the record. Uh, just because, yeah, I felt really frustrated with this, uh, especially even, uh, I actually think it went down a little bit as I was looking through it as we were talking about it. I was like, you know what, I'm actually more annoyed at this now looking back at it because I'm realizing how much of it was just fluff. So, That, yeah. that page, though, where the, the one uh, Lost Tribe She's like, we're going to march on Themyscira. That whole, just, Cassie looking butterfly, just the way mm. it's proportioned out. That looks great, you know? Yeah, so, so if they're marching on Themyscira and this, like, you know, new mm -hmm. group that's introduced in the Wonder mm -hmm. Woman annual are going to, like, what, attack Themyscira, like, yeah, mm -hmm. like, like, you can see all this converging, maybe. Yeah. Uh, big, big conflict. Don't, don't say convergence in DC in the same sentence. You'll give them an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was using converge just for the word meaning, not because it's yes, related to a title of anything. No. Just, yes, just for the no. record. Still. My point still stands. Uh, Alright. Human Target, issue two. Tom King writing with Greg Smallwood on the art. Uh, I trust Connor did go back and read issue one to catch up for this. I did read issue one. Very good. And then yeah. decided not to read issue two. Oh, you... <laughs> I, I thought uh, very briefly. Art. Uh, Gorgeous Tom King's narration. Just, I hate it. I cannot disagree more. I, no, no, that's fine. Why are uh, you the way I, you are? I, I have found that there's maybe like one in three, one in four, maybe more than five Tom King books that I actually like at this point. So uh, the rest of them, I just, it, they just don't land for me. And this is a, another one that doesn't land. I, all I can hear in my head is, you know that moment in Home Alone where someone's like, Kevin, you're such a disease. Like, I'm just, I'm, uh -huh. I'm hearing now Connor, with Connor's such name. A yeah, no, art gorgeous. You ginger filth. That's all I've the got story, to say. The story I'm idea, a... fine. I'm into it. I like the mystery. The actual narration, just couldn't get into it. And when that's the bulk of 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 what your book is, that's not for me. What a toss pot you are. All right. Uh, so issue two. Uh, obviously, the, the cover did definitely imply that Ace was going to be a yeah. big yeah. factor of this one. Uh, and it seems like, yeah, each issue might focus on an individual member of the Justice League International uh, issue two but, onwards. But you know what that means? There's going to be a Guy Gardner issue. Yes. Yes, that does mean that, unfortunately. Uh, also, a, a Booster Gold issue. Uh -huh. Guess who's excited? Is it going to be a Booster guy. Gold issue or is it going to be a Blue and Gold issue? Will they team I, I don't care. Either way. I, I think Mal will be happy, yeah. I, I, yeah. Either way. Way. So, uh, this issue, like, we get a little bit of a just a human target getting a slice of pizza from the place he lives above, <laughs> and a little bit of context for why he lives there. 
but we get into it's, it builds up to ice because you know, he's like oh there's a woman looking for you and some women you can't say no to and it treats her like the femme fatale almost right where she's in the investigator's office and the you know the coloring here there's, there's a trend in this issue of like doing like the uh like the light of the window which is more orange like creating like a square of light on like, their faces it's used mm-hmm. a lot in the art in this and it's really nice it's even used later on when they're outside at the sunset and stuff uh but it creates a really nice strong visual style uh for, for the mm-hmm. book um and it plays with a lot of the tropes you know it has you know him talking about like feeling the chill in the air which is literal in the sense that she does actually have like an ice power Jeez. that kills down the atmosphere but yeah. wait but it also comes off as the you know her sense like you know like attractive and um, being entrenched with it like i i said that how noir rorschach was Mm -hmm. that's like a neo-noir this is like pulp this is yeah this is king going like i'm writing a sam spade issue yeah because down from her showing up it already being in the basically the office when he opens the door to him talking about basically the chill in the air and how it disappears or you know, was 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 she doing it on purpose? Yeah, you know, if, smelling the per and it, like sometimes yeah. like when she goes to wipe his like because he's got some like pizza sauce uh-huh. in his cheek, mm-hmm. like the way the panels do close ups of his cheek and her like licking her finger and her mouth, like it's really focusing on all the things that he's focusing on. Mm-hmm. So it's really strong uh, artwork and the you know and and the direction sense where it's like picking its yep. panels and picking what its sequencing is. Um. And he's coughing a little bit, and she knows some. Oh, she knows exactly that he's dying, but she knows that he was poisoned, uh, and right, that's why she he's talked sick. to um, Doc Midnight. Yeah, right. Uh, so it sets up all this stuff, all these strong. You know, it's like the room's purple, but there's all these yellow lines of light from the mm-hmm. the blinds. So really good stuff. Uh, but basically, he's like, "Hey, let's go somewhere," and she suggests. So you know, he says somewhere warm, and she suggests the beach, and. Uh, one of the great things about the narration, which Connor doesn't like because he's weird, uh, mm-hmm. is that she's, he's like, I can smell her perfume. So when she asks, like, you know, if you've got time, like, he just says, I lie. And then the speech bubble is all the time in the world. And it just mm-hmm. it tells you exactly that he is, like, you know, he can't say no to her. Like, you know, he's yep. uh, he's enthralled with her. Um, So they drive to the beach and it's like a few hours drive and we get our, wind, our hair blown in the wind and... She explains her, her backstory about how it's kind of a lie and it's, you know, she's not this princess. It's, it's actually just that she accidentally that. K- killed her parents <laughs> with her power. Yeah, her, her grandpa and her dad. And I, I love that because it always, like, being a little bit familiar with JLI and her whole Ice Princess story was always like, this is kind of weird. This doesn't really match, but whatever. So I like that King deconstructs it here and is just like, well, no, that's, that's a lie she told, to, you know, to cover up her own trauma. Um, and you know, because it's more fun if she's a fairy princess that can, that grew up around polar bears than the fact that she accidentally killed her, her grandfather and father over, you know, her being herself. Um, and, and I like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of Harlot, you know, looking at him like over the sunglasses mm-hmm. and her blue dress and they're walking down the beach and they're talking about fire, which, you know, or well, they're not more specifically because that's what he points out is like. Yep. She's like, well, you know, when he asked why I wanted to talk to you, and he's like, well, you've kind of already told me because the one thing you've not mentioned this whole time is fire, um, mm-hmm. and that means that she's like maybe a little bit worried that that's who could have been the killer. You know, if, if right. one person has a motive, it's may, it may be her because Lex Luthor helped uh, a villain kill her, mm-hmm. and um, 
so it gets into that. Uh, there's also the, the 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 stone skipping in the water, but she makes a little yeah. ice stone for him to throw, and just all these little moments. That he really likes to obsess in the little details, which is I think what makes the pacing of this book and a lot yeah. of King's prestige books read so well. Yeah. Um, well, and I like here too that it they almost feel like storyboards, mm-hmm. right? So it adds a cinematic quality because in a lot of the pages where she's going over things that have happened in the past. Yeah, when she's, yeah, when she's telling the stories that are mm-hmm. basically flashbacks, it has a different art style, which is a lot more... Uh, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, where it's, it's almost like it's like the, 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 the white space is kind of like... like The highlights are actually just white space that's left uncolored. Yeah. And it's got a very yeah. distinct kind of like bleach look to it. Yeah. Yeah, and like the all the dialogue is on one side of the page. Yeah. And then everything she's counting, it's... it's just art like there's no words over it and it's just a very it's it's stunning like it's even the, it's that it feels flashbacky it's for lack yeah. of a better term like having mm-hmm. it in this sort of different style cool. and you look at the the pages with her talking with him it's not as uniform like the the panels don't exactly line up all the time so it really makes that difference so yeah, for sure good lord that is a loud vehicle I don't know where that that's garbage already came. So <laughs> who knows what that was? I wonder if someone's moving in. Just a seven forty seven flying really low over Matt's house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that that was no, that was over Texas. Uh, they, they end up in no. Vegas at the end, though. They end up in Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Which that, as I, I bring up, uh, the that airport tunnel they make lasts way long. You drive through that thing in forty five seconds. <laughs> but it's not here in the last seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it happens. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and then she's like, hey, let's go in the water. Uh, let's go and get some bathing suits. And, you know, it does the thing where she's in her bathing suit and he's like, like he just says Jesus. His narration just says Jesus because yeah. he's gobsmacked. I get, I get, and, and the art matches too. This is why I, I went and downloaded Smallwood's Vampironica, which I know I'm in an Archie mm-hmm. thing, but, like, it's Smallwood's art doing... Riverdale, like an Archie, which this like this if it looks even half as good as this, I'm in for a treat. Oh yeah, you know because like it's just like like you brought up pulp in the style. Even the art here is very pulpy. This almost looks like um like a '60s movie, mm. right? The colors, like it reminds me of Charade, uh here. So, oh, very good film, may I add? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they go, they go swimming. Um. And it's pretty cold already, and she like offers to make him an ice island <laughs> to yeah. go on. Um, and it's doing a lot of the thing where it's just the, the square of light. But yeah, she explains the backstory of the Overmaster. I forgot the name of the villain earlier on, but that's who it was. No, yeah, uh, the Overmaster. The Overmaster. Uh, and at first, I was like, "What does this have to do with like Lex and like a motive?" Mm-hmm. Because like she doesn't mention Lex at first, and it's not until the second part of the story where it's like, "No, no, Lex was helping, and Guy knew about it, and like spread the story." Uh, and it just like you know, it's just setting up all this stuff where it's like pre- presenting multiple motives. Um, and she actually ends up kissing him to help with the the cough because he doesn't mm-hmm. have his canteen uh, on him because he's you know they're out in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's able to like help him with a kiss, and so it's all very like dreamy and erotic, and it's got this like, and even the drive by like the the the, sh- the the panel of the city, which is like before it like mm-hmm. shows them pulling in at the, the into the driveway. It just, it has that kind of, like you say, that 60s neon, like, mm-hmm. kind of sunset feel to it. 
Uh, it's almost yep. like you're looking at like Miami Vice or something like that, but just with like a more pastel well, yeah. 60s look than a it, 80s one. It reminds me of, of La La Land in that Technicolor way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? A little bit of La La Land there. Like, like, like the, the gradient's going, and it's it's clearly LA. You have the palm trees in the front. But like, I hear what you're saying about Miami Vice because the pastels. Yeah. But, but yeah, just the Technicolorness of it. So, you know, she says uh, to see her again. He's going like, to talk to her in the morning. What, and, you know, it's a really nice sweet ending to it. But what you like, what I like about this at the end on the final page is that he kind of, not plainer per se, but he already knew some of the stuff that she told him. And it was more mm-hmm. about just like spending some time with her to sort of rule her out. And, you know, yeah. um, you know, she'd make some excuse that she'd come, you know, just be like, because he knew that the story would get around the, the JLI, that he was looking into them. Um, yep. And, yeah, and he wanted to get up you know, get up close with a woman who might have killed him. Um, and then at the end, after he takes a drink of his, his whiskey or whatever, he just says, I can still smell her perfume on my suit. And that's the end of the story. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, so he had a plan, and it was like it was successful to a point, although one could argue that if she is the killer... Or the, the, the attempted assassin. Mm-hmm. This, this, uh, again, worth reminding everyone here: the attempted murder was on Lex Luthor, not on him. Right? He like right. chance is just unfortunate that he was ended He's up. He's caught yeah. in the. But being the human target, though, you know the fact that this is spinning into a whole other thing now. He's trying to find out. He has now. He has ten days left. Yeah. What, what I like about this is that like it's playing with the trope of the femme fatale, and that okay. Mm-hmm. Is she being so sweet and seductive with him to like sort of like make her trust him so that she, he won't mm-hmm. think it's her, or is this all genuine? Is this all genuine? Right. And right. I, I feel like maybe all the stories are going to present them in a way where they could just be trying to throw them off like their scent, like all of them. Right. Like I could yeah. see that happening with every single one of these characters. They're, yeah, they're they're thick as thieves, right? And that's what we know about fire, and that fire was. And that's what I like about ice too, right? Is like she's really tied to Guy Gardner and fire which is the opposite of her, right? Both of those are hot-headed characters who let their emotions do more of the control, but she's always been the reserved one. Um, and so the fact that both of them get brought up here, right, is almost like a bridge to one of them's next that we're going to go through. Uh, just, you know, from... Because he's trying to rule out everybody. But, but here where it goes on to, you know, the... As he's drinking... Um, the headline with the human target, right? I'm still trying to figure out what, what all that means. Like, why did why did they throw this headline in here besides just the title, right? Like, yeah, because you know it, it, it is the title page at the end. Yeah, that's yeah. worth mentioning. But like, what what's the? There's there's got to be nothing in this book happens by accident, right? So like, what's the like? Is he a bigger deal than we are led to believe, right? Like, like if the human target's making Daily Planet headline news. You know, is like it just because of the assassination there. attempt on Lex and yeah. he was there? That would just yeah. be that. Like that, that, yeah. that would work. But yeah, but I, I like that that it, that's here. That they seem to know who he is now. So. I, I think what I liked about the ending is that it was like, okay, this was part of his plan. He actually wanted it to come see him uh, as he wants to see all the members. But that yeah. final line of like her like being in his head, it's like, but her 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 trick, if it is a trick still work mm-hmm. and that he she still kind of won him over and like made him yeah. obsessed and he's still thinking about her like in a romantic sense and he's you know he's he's mm-hmm. he's, he's entranced 
by her beauty and everything. Like, her spell on him has worked. Even if he was, even if he went into this planning to speak to her, to try and rule her out, or try and get a sense of, I feel like all everything that he, she's told him is going to be important, and we'll get more from each person, and it'll build, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to something where we may have a hard time figuring out who it is. If it is one of them, maybe there's going to be a swerve and it isn't any of them, but, uh, right. yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with this, and I feel like this is going to do a really good job of making each issue feel distinct because if you know I, i've not looked at the cover for the next one to see who's yeah. the focus is on but each character he spends time with in each issue is probably going to make each one feel unique and memorable yeah so that's pretty cool uh so now really great stuff matt what are you giving human target issue to i mean it's a nine yep i can't argue with that nine out of ten uh easy peasy uh so now Connor's going to talk about an 80-page book. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman, Historia, the Amazons, issue one. Kelly Sue, the iconic writing with Phil Jimenez on the art. Black label book, which I would have liked to check out, but it was a huge book and this was a very mm-hmm. busy week. So I, I will say it reads significantly quicker than 80 pages would lead you to believe because most of it is double-page spreads and a lot of them are splashes with not actually that much text on it. <laughs> So it's still a 40-page book on a week full of 48-page books. Yes, but yes, this was by far the book I was most excited for. Uh, like, this was the first thing I read out of everything. This was easily the one that, if, if I was reading only one book this week, this was the one I would have chosen. Uh, obviously, going in, you know, maybe, maybe that changed by the end, but like that was the one I was going in. I was like, this is the book I'm reading. I, you know, this has been what? four years in the making, I think, at this point. Yeah. And... Well, that's only because Red Hood stopped. I mean, if Red Hood was still going yes. on, that was yes. this week. That's why. <laughs> yeah. No, th- 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 this is what I've been excited for for years at this point. And then all the early buzz was coming out, you know, over the last week or so, and and people were saying very good things, and I got very excited. And I'm pleased to say that it lived up. Um, also, there's like seven or eight pages, maybe ten pages at the end that are... Um, not story they are like supplemental material essentially does that add to the 70 pages they're still in those I mean, pa- yeah. 80s? yeah yeah they're part of that there's like 10 pages of that 80 is like that okay so it's a 70 page book then but so, so it's a 35 page now we're getting closer to yeah, yeah. let me say it it doesn't actually take that long to read and i would definitely recommend reading it because it is pretty fantastic uh so it's, it's kind of split into two halves. The first half of this book, which, again, on it being split into two halves, a lot of these Black Label Prestige books have had this feeling where you could probably have released this as six issues instead of three if you really mm. wanted to. Um, you could have probably got away with that. Uh, but this early stuff is essentially the creation of the, the Amazons. And uh, it plays in... Pretty heavily on the uh, the Perez stuff from you know the the, the late eighties, you know the uh, the well of the well of souls of all the women wronged that that was in Taurus. Um, I think in that in that book it was like here's the last one that they saved for Diana. Um, this is that that still essentially can hold true for this. This doesn't contradict that. This is just all of the other souls going free first. Uh, and it is basically it's all the the goddesses, all well, all the major ones. You got Hestia, Artemis, uh, Dema, Hecate, Aphrodite, and Athena, all doing their bit. And then Hera, of course, 
is maybe doing her bit. You know, it's hard to say. But they all have very unique designs, very distinct. Uh, the art is, it's so colorful, vibrant. It's like a, what's the style? It's kind of like soft watercolors, but it's, it's got some digital vibrancy to it as well. It's very unique. Uh, but basically, it's all these goddesses go to Zeus and be like, hey, men are shit. What are you going to do about it? And Poseidon's like, ah, we'll send a flood. You know, we'll start over. And blah, 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 blah. Not mankind, men. What are you going to do about it? And Zeus is basically kind of goes down to, well, you know, men suffer too. <laughs> that, that is literally like one of his lines of dialogue. But, well, men suffer too, and and he he basically goes, look, I, I, I'm not saying women on the whole aren't, you know, don't suffer, you know, historically, you know, yes, they suffer at the hands of men, but some of them deserve it. <laughs> it's essentially his argument. Well, why is Zeus is sounding a lot like a chud in this description here? That is what Zeus should always sound like because <laughs> that is Zeus. Yeah, yeah, Zeus is the ultimate Chad. There's just an a hole that goes on trying to bang as many things as he can. Even if he's not in his god form, right? Oh, I said, oh, I said, I said, I said, Chud, but I was a Freudian slip. Chud is a movie. Uh, Animalistic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think it's. Then Chud 2, Bud the Chud, is the sequel to Chud. Yes, we know. We know. It's it's when Zeus says, oh, you know, the the world's not without justice. And it's Aphrodite goes, do you mean to suggest women have done something to deserve this? And he goes, as a whole, no. On occasion, uh, no, on individually, on occasion, you know, you, you miss the point. You know, we, we've all got a role to play. All, all us Greek gods, you know, Ares is war, Poseidon's the sea. We're all very manly qualities, and that is reflected in the aggressive ma- nature of man. And and he's like, he's basically like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. Just, uh, just let it go. And obviously the rest of the goddesses are not happy about this so they make their way down to hades and you know they, 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 there's a journey of each of them except hera taking their own route through hades to get down to tartarus where they are going to the the well of souls and they, they do you know do, do their ritual down there and they take the souls and they refuse to give birth to them down there essentially they, they won't plant the seed they, they will take the souls and take them up to the world where it, they're not corrupted and again all this gorgeous sequence of them making their way back and then releasing their, you know, they're, they're, they're basically they're all in a jar and then they, you know, empty, you know, their jar into somewhere in the world to create some Amazons. Uh, so you have all these different tribes of Amazons. So the first tribe is actually from uh, Demeter, which they're like, yeah, you know, you might have heard it was Athena who, who started all this off, but, but no, this, this, of course, it's the goddess of the harvest that you know that the the first seeds born from, and you know it makes sense. It goes through all the you know the the first Amazons of all of the individual tribes. So Artemis is uh, Antiope, and uh, Menelipe from Hecate. You know, you know, all of them have like one champion, so to speak, and uh, it it goes through, and you've got all these different tribes of Amazons, which again. Lines up really nice with what we're doing with Amazons right now in current continuity in a weird, in a weird way. Obviously, there's complete coincidence given how long this book's been in the works, but kind of lines up nicely. Um, 
and it, it boils down to them kind of just like right these are the tribes i think i think it says in the the back matter it basically has a little rundown of each tribe and it's uh like five amazons from each of the six i think is what the first of each tribe was uh, and obviously they've got their their leader their first one being as part of that uh but the back half of this book is actually the story of Hippolyta. Um, and it's it's very interesting in that it's you know Hippolyta is not an Amazon; she is a a, a slave in this world, and uh, basically is well you know she she's told to go and get rid of this child. Uh, this family has given birth to a daughter; they've already got three daughters. They can't afford to have another one because um, it's a burden. You know, it's not going to bring in anything. They 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 literally cannot afford to keep it. So she, so Diana is tasked with, uh, sorry, Hippolyta is tasked with taking it, taking the child to the river, you know, putting it in a little, little basket and washing away and leaving it to the will of the gods. And, you know, if, if they want it, then they will find someone for it, you know, or uh, they will keep the baby for themselves. Um, but after she leaves, she kind of feels bad and tries to run back to find it. And you just have this gorgeous sequence of her running down this river and she, she never finds it. Uh, or at least not here, but the, the idea is she just runs and runs and runs. It gets it gets very mythical here, where it has her like running through seasons uh, all over the place, and it's it's very intentional. And uh, she finally gets to a point where some bandits essentially capture, and she, she's you know on on the verge of being killed in the world of men, as as it, it actually puts it now at this point in the book for I think the first time, um, and she is saved by. By some Amazons, and he's like, "Oh, did you kill them? Because what they were going to do to me?" And they're like, "No, no, no, not because of what they were going to do to you, or at least not just because of that, but because they would have done it. You know, they've been doing that to countless women, and it's only fair that they get now. You know, get what they deserve. Uh, so I don't, that's kind of like the bulk of the issue here is them." having this kind of this final first meeting here but final point of this this book is you know introducing Hippolyta to this world and it, it's very narrated from this future perspective because the amazons who meet her do say you know our future queen um and you know there's still like little bits with Hera where Hera comes along and essentially um kind of sets Hippolyta on this path now and has her you know on a big horse of war it's got like you know a skeleton all on it you know like, like a skull and like you know a skeleton around it and uh looks badass is basically it and she's trying to get the the, the baby back essentially still uh, and it's just kind of what this quest's going to lead her to and I, I don't know if they're going to tell me by the end that that baby will be diana or if it's more just symbolic She's going to get her baby back, baby back, baby back. She's going to get her baby back, baby back, baby yeah. back. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, uh, that is the issue, it is the, those two halves of the story. But it's just told with so much style. The, the art is phenomenal throughout. I, I cannot oversell it enough just how incredible this art looks. It is pretty much like nothing else. No other book I've ever read. And then yeah, like I said, you've got the you've got the back matter, the, the tribe of Athena, the tribe of Hecate, you know, you know, like just little sketches of the the five Amazons in each of those tribes, and you know, a little bit of a little like you know, 
couple of sentences about each of them. Uh, it's it feels pretty epic in scope. Um, yeah, no, it's it's an incredible book. Uh, it says spring for the next issue, which Jesus is so far away when this has already been what four years since they announced it. So yeah, it's 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 going to take a while to all come out. I can't I can't remember if this was three issues or four in total. Uh, I don't know if it says on the front cover actually. Um, no, it doesn't. It just says book one. Not not what it's of. That's not helpful. Thank you for that, DC. Uh, this is going to make one hell of a gorgeous hardcover at some point, though. Uh, I, I, yeah, I definitely. Uh, anyone who's interested, especially in the mythology side of the 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 early Amazon stuff, uh, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Weirdly, I know that sounds like Pete would hate this, but correct me wrong, Pete. When we when we looked at the early Perez stuff, you were actually surprisingly into it. Mm-hmm. I think you might enjoy this as well because it kind of plays along that kind of line of it. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's phenomenal. This is like a like a nine. It's, it's yeah, it, it lived up to the to the hype. Hmm. It's one thing, uh, like accepting I'm going to read an eleventh book in a week. It's another thing when the eleventh book is eighty pages. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that that <laughs> that no, just that, that is fair. I just did it in. There's, there was no coming around that. All right, so Connor's reign of terror, extending the length of the show out, is not over yet. Uh, so every month at patreon.com slash TV, uh, one of our higher tiers is to make myself or Connor read a book. And Connor is going to read today, uh, Undiscovered Country, issue 15. Well, he's already read it, you know what I mean. He's going to discuss it. Look, this show's been on a while now. I'm getting hungry. I'm getting tired. And uh, Connor is dragging this out. So, uh... Well, no, chop chop. I'm very sorry that that our patrons make us read things. No one made you. you read, no one made you read the eighty page book first, though. Like that. No, but I, I really wanted. That was the first book I read. I really wanted to read the eighty page book. I could have just not told about it. I right, no with go through, uh, go through, uh, discover country. Yeah. Uh, we're still in the the, the possibility. Um, this is getting into stuff that I really love. Uh. It's about, you know, the, the idea of stories and what they mean. And again, this, this is the sort of stuff where, Matt, you'd be really digging this book right now. So I, when uh, I went to San Diego, I brought the first volume and I never got to go into it because we weren't there long enough for me to have time to read. <laughs> so <laughs> the next yeah. vacation, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of flashback stuff. But I'll get to that. That's all. Um, a lot of the issues are really like focusing on one of the characters and just doing stuff from their childhood. This one's Ace. Uh, it's just about you know their family, you know the, the being rage, you're gonna like pay blackmails, and you know his belief in it essentially boils down to him believing in stories more than he probably should, and but ultimately being able to uh, in the flashback, you know he, he kind of bribes his way out of it by saying this card's one that was you know a Zeki card owned by George Washington, and this is one of those cards that was being transported to the museum, and it got lost, and I ended up with it, and if I give you this, will you let us go? And it, it, again. It's this idea that he is able to tell a convincing story and he's able to to do that. And that ties into why he is the one tasked with creating this American masterpiece. And again, this is delving into that. So they go, right, okay, it's time to go to deep law. We need to go back to back to the roots and see what, what are the stories that America is is built on. Uh, you know, to the, the land of legends and folktales. So they're in a forest and they're like, you hear that? And a large blue bull comes charging at them. Yeah, bathe the blue ox. Yeah, 
And and of course, uh, Paul Bunyan's there with his big massive axe. Uh, so, so you've got you've got like you know, so you got Paul Bunyan, you got the Blue Ball, you got uh, John Henry, you got Davy Crockett, uh, Annie Oakley, and they're all like, yeah, okay, you you know, you're gonna teach us a you know do this masterpiece, but all right, it's gonna be difficult. We'll take you to the the council essentially, the council of elders, which is of course led by none other than George Washington. George Washington. And you've got like uh, Betsy Ross in there as well, uh, and George Washington tells them the story of of what happened to this land. You know why? You know there was all this possibility. It was these stories made real, but someone made the Crossroads Devil real. Ah. yes. Don't, don't tell Robert Johnson. And that is very much uh, the design is based off of Robert Johnson here, mm -hmm. uh, with the other uh, carrying the black guitar and everything. It's like okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with the legend at all, you can kind of see where this is going. People made deals with the, with him, and because he was given form and life in this world of stories, the the deals had weight, and he terrorized it. And eventually, even other stories and legends came through the Crossroads Devil and made deals with him. Uh, and and you know they're like, oh no, you're going to have to stop him. And the the, the reveal at the end of the issue is that. Uh, George Washington is actually working for him. He's already made a deal with the devil. Uh, and yeah, no, this stuff is all just fantastic. It's this book in general has played with the idea of uh, you know America and what it how it looks at itself. But this arc dealing with America's stories and America's myths is is easily the best this book has been. Uh, it's it's just playing to its strengths. And there's a lot of stories about stories right now. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but you know this uh, once and future I've been enjoying mm -hmm. uh, even died to a lesser extent with that but th there's a few things that, are, that I've been reading recently that are stories about the idea of storytelling and how that can impact the world uh, and all of them have been great and all of them are kind of exactly you know my jam right now and this is yet another one doing that even if it is just for this arc but yeah, it's it's another great issue of this book. I'm really intrigued to see what this American masterpiece they come up with. I think it's really interesting the idea that um, Uncle Sam struggles to exist in this world, even though he is one of the most iconic American stories, legends, figures. Yeah, but it's what Uncle Sam represents, though. That's yes. the problem. Uh, exactly. In this world, you know, it's it's th this place has its own versions of Uncle Sam. Right. That that he kind of can't coexist with right now. Mm -hmm. um, so they're kind of alone right now in this world, being guided by George Washington, who has made a deal with the devil. Uh, yeah, I kind of love it. It's great. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get caught up. I need to just need like four more hours in each day, and it would, oh, it would be perfect. God, if only, right? <laughs> so, says the man who now has time to sit at home and do literally nothing all day. Yeah, it must be nice, you bum. I can't. You know what? It sounds nice, but all I really want to do is play Halo, and, and he, I can't. He I can't, can't hold the controls. He's two I hands. Thought, I legit thought he was gonna say drink. Oh, I'm doing that anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let's go. <laughs> well, how's that any different? Shut up. Yeah. I can't really make any cocktails though. It's it's really hard to, <laughs> to do anything like uh, with one hand. He that, he so. can't play any video games that require two hands. So which is like ninety percent of video games. Yes. Even not even going back to the NES, you need the D pad and the yes. jump button. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, so uh, 
That's funny. Basically. <laughs> that's just... Oh god. Uh, so did you rate that bad boy? Yeah. Oh, that's an eight point five. Okay, there you go. All right, fantastic. Finally, the nightmare comes to <laughs> an end. Hey, I kept my two at the end brief. Uh, we're all, all right, cool. Let's get out of here. Didn't feel brief to me, but that's the thing. Uh, so yes, uh, that's the part of the show now where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books in my. It's actually going to be. You know, those the, I read 10 books. So I have to like cut five of them. That's actually more of a task than usual. So that's fun. Uh, all right, panel slash moment. We'll start with Matt. What do you have? Uh, it's going to be from Action Comics. And it's it's going to be, like, as much as I want to go for the shock of Superman getting ran through, mm-hmm. it's going to be Manchester Black beating the piss out of that dude with a stick. Like, solid moment. It's hard to uh, hard to argue with it, Connor. Uh, it's tough. It's probably something from Nightwing. Um, a couple of good moments in that. I'll probably go with Alfred. Uh, you know, hanging the the back keys for the for the Batmobile, going yeah, yeah, pick up some milk on the way back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, tough. There's tons of stuff in Human Target I could take that are so well crafted. Uh, I'm actually tempted to kind of go with something very similar from Nightwing. Uh, I actually think it just... I'm tempted to say that first time Alfred just says, very good, sir, when Dick says he's going out with Jason, mm-hmm. but he knows Jason's not supposed to leave the house. I kind of love that moment. Uh, but I think I'm going to go a little bit earlier and say when Dick realizes that it's Alfred asking for him to come over and not Bruce, he just says, oh, it's you asking. Oh, yeah, I'm away. <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. I, I might go with that. Uh, although I was also tempted to go with um, in uh, Fear State Omega, uh, like one of those early pages of Scarecrow and the the yeah. rain and Batman, like just all that stuff looks so Any, good. Anything from Federici, basically. Basically, yes, the yeah. Federici stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but I'll I'll go with the uh, I'm on my way from Nightwing. Uh, it's an e- easy pick. Um, all right, uh, favorite cover of the week. Uh, so. Whilst uh, Connor was rambling on, I had a, a look at all the, hmm? the yeah, covers. Yeah, I'm just trying to look now because I uh, had two books at the end. I thought the you know the 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 uh, was, the Detective Comics variant was okay, but the, the, you know I wasn't Action Comics variant's kind of nice. Uh, you get Superman with like an astronaut's like helmet on, like a dome. Yeah. Uh, nice sort of painted quality to that. Like a, a 30s style astronaut helmet as well. Yeah. Like just like a glass bowl. Uh, the Wonder Woman annual, both the regular and the variant are kind of cool covers. Uh. You know, the, uh, the the regular ones kind of like... So imagine that moment of like the, the kid looking up at the Wonder Woman poster and being kind of in yeah. awe of it. It's kind it's of that Garrett's moment. One as well, that. Yeah, really nice. But ultimately, I kind of just have to go straight to uh, the regular cover for Human Target. <laughs> it's just it's so simple, thought out. It's the pulpy, kind of simplistic style that goes with the, the tone of the issue. And uh, really simplistic color scheme. Just the blue and the white with the skin tones. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's my pick. That's my pick. Human Target regular cover, but I had to mention all those other ones. Uh, Matt, what you got? Um, just shouts to Justice League Incarnate for the Gary Frank cover. I mean, it's nothing that special, but it's Gary Frank doing covers. Thought it was uh, worth mentioning. But um, you already mentioned Wonder Woman, but since I didn't read that one, uh, I'm gonna go with the Human Target as well because it's it's so good. If I was to give a shout out to another one, I'd say the variant for uh. 
Incarnate, which is uh, Jorge Fornes. Oh, yeah, the, the Fornes Flash one. Yeah. Flashman oh, yeah. Batman gorgeous, with all the streaks yeah. of light. Yeah, that one's really nice. Uh, what, what's yours, Connor? Um, honestly, it's either just the Incarnate variant, Human Target, or the only other one that's not been mentioned yet is uh, Wonder Girl variant, uh, the Jenny Frizen. Mm-hmm. Frizen, mm. yeah. Um, Pete already called me a self parody once. I didn't need to do it again. <laughs> I will say, despite not writing the book and not reading issue two, I probably will still give the cover to Human Target. I think it's a gorgeous, well-designed cover. Sure. Uh, all right. Art of the Week. Connor, you can go first for this one. Uh, Wonder Woman Historia. Oh, there you go. Is it Matt? Yeah, me and Peter, pretty sure we're going to line up and call my shot and say uh, it's, it's Human Target. Yeah, I could try. See, if Federici did all of Fear State Omega, he, yeah. might, he might have taken it. He might have done, but he didn't, so... Yeah. Yeah, Human Target yeah. wins. There you go. Greg Smallwood takes the, oh. takes the crown. Uh, all right, uh, so top five of the week. Matt, on you go. Okay, one, Human Target. Two, Action Comics. Three, Just League Incarnate. Four, Nightwing Annual. Five, Fear State Omega. Cool. Connor? So, Wonder Woman Historia. Then Nightwing. Then... Uh... Fear State Omega, Action Comics, and then I think Wonder Woman Annual. Sorry, there's so many books now. I have to, have to, have to actually look at what I'm doing. Yeah. Was, did you say that six there? Or was that? No, that was five. Oh, that was five. Okay. Wonder Woman Historia, Nightwing, Fear State Omega, Action, Wonder, Wonder Woman Annual. That's five. Okay. Right. All right. You still right. looked confused by that, then. I, just, I don't know. It felt, maybe it was just the way you said it, but it felt like you were already on five, and then you said another one. Anyway, uh, my number one is Human Target, issue two. Uh, then Nightwing, annual, second place. Third place, Action Comics. Fourth place, uh, Fear State Omega. And then fifth place, Wonder Woman, annual. I think it's my uh, pick. There you go. And there was still some good stuff after that, which is nice. So it means it's a good, healthy week. Uh, but obviously Wonder Girl and Batman the Detective were at the bottom of the, you know, the, the potential list there. Which is a shame. Uh, yeah. I oh, I actually, I've been I... down with those as well, the Robin annual. Joe, I could be tempted to swap in Incarnate issue in number five, which I'm not going to, but it's, again, it's a good sign that it was a decent week. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, so good stuff. Uh, that uh, is that, which means I can tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. So coming up next week, we have the start of Williamson's run on Batman with issue one one eight. So that should be interesting to see. Uh, we have Dark Knights of Steel issue two. We have Batman eighty nine issue four. The Swamp Thing issue ten. Superman Son of Kal El twenty twenty one annual. Uh, Suicide Squad number ten. Green Lantern issue nine. Arkham City, The Order of the World, Issue 3. The Joker Presents the Puzzle Box, Issue 5. Batman, The Adventure Continues, Season 2, Issue 7. That's a really wordy title. Uh, Justice League, Infinity, Issue 6. Christian Lobo, Issue 7. Soul Plumber, Issue 3. One Star Squadron, Issue 1. Oh, I forgot about this thing coming out. Very excited about that one. Uh, yeah. World of Krypton, Issue 1. Less excited, but curious. Very curious. This is the Vendetti one, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, somewhat curious. And then Mad Magazine as well, just to round out the, the full list. Uh, so, not as super... I mean, it's obviously I read a lot of books there, but there's actually quite a lot there that I, you know, either I'm not reading or at least, you know, 
Like, like, because I, I, I've, I, I doubt I'm going to go back and catch up on Green Lantern. Like, I, I, I doubt. I mean, I have to know what's going on. So, assuming but, someone reads Green Lantern, I think there's eight books between all of us, and yeah. I don't yeah, think anyone's if, reading all of them. I'm not making Green Lantern a priority because I kind of want to yeah. read the Venditti World of Krypton, but I do have to know what's going on with Green Lantern because I'm invested in the Joe story, not so much the John story. Sure. sure. So. Swamp um, Things, obviously, it's uh, the end of the season. Yep, season yeah. finale. Which, uh, but they've already renumbered, or not renumbered, but they're, they're now saying, they're, you know, 10 of 16. 16. So, yeah. I, I would say it's end of a season, but in reality, it's just it's a couple of months off, and then it's back. <laughs> it's back in March, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. but with, uh, with issue 11, so it's, yeah. Yeah, but also, yeah. it's the end of the season, and it was almost certainly written as the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I'm basically just thinking that eventually, when the deluxe hardcover comes out, it'll just be all 16 issues in one probably 18 issues will probably have the future state issues in as well because they did put those oh, in the true. first trade okay fair enough yeah true uh but there you go that's uh what's coming next week that's uh the the the, the list uh which means i can finally say thank you to our patreon producers thank you to tyler hess and depalacius david short now christopher moy and david brown and of course you can support us over at patreon.com slash tv for as little as a dollar per month and get some bonuses at the five dollar tier in particular you get early access to the show by a day so that may be of interest uh, and of course one of the higher tiers is the producer status and then a higher above that still is to make me or connor read a book so uh, go and have a look and see if you want to support the show uh, at any tier. Uh, all and any is completely generous and welcome. Uh, and of course, you can support us for free by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, dinging the bell on YouTube, or giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, all those things do help out a bunch. And catch us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast for updates, and you can ask questions on there or whatever. All these things, super helpful. So, uh, and you know, share us around. Uh, with your friends and your comic loving peers yeah. I guess um, so there you go that's basically, that's basically the show that's episode 282 and uh, thank you for joining us uh, so and as we said at the start Connor will probably be around for the next few episodes since he's injured uh, <laughs> yeah. so Connor gets to stay home but can't play the video game that he wants to play do you know what, it's really hard. I can't even read like I can read comics digitally. I can't really read physical ones because it's really hard to hold the book open and turn the pages without losing it. You can read them at a desk. You could have it on a table. Yeah, but I don't like reading them looking down like that. I get a bad neck. Uh, he's going to strain his neck. He's going to have a broken, broken, broken elbow, Look, broken my wrist. My neck is already fairly strained in that this damn sling is taking <laughs> the full weight of my arm. You know. Like around my neck, so it's like this constantly yeah. got something on it already. You don't like to read at a desk because it strains your neck. Yeah, because it, like, I'm assuming what Pete's on is lay the book yeah. flat down I, on the yeah, desk wait. and then I look down at it. Do you not so have I'm, a. I mean, you, you, you do music. Do you not have like a music stand for sheet music that you could put in front of you? No, I needed one. I, I used to have like a fold out one somewhere, but I just haven't needed it in ages. Okay. Just, just a it. thought. Something that wouldn't be looking down. You'd have it on in front of your face, but yeah. fair enough. This guy. Just a thought. Just a thought. How, how is that weird? Looking down I, constantly just... would give you a bad neck. God, I'm sorry. I read my books all the time. <laughs> and how often do you complain about a bad back? I mean, that's different. But that's different from going to the gym. It's not for reading comics. It might not help. And also being my advanced age. You're yeah. still young, dude. 
Advanced stage, you're like 35, but shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's still compared to you guys. <laughs> I'm 32. What are you talking about? I thought that was younger. I'm still older. <laughs> I love how he's, he's only going to flaunt the age if it helps him win the argument that his life is more tough because he's old and brittle. Oh, I'm any so other old. time, it's like, oh, it's nothing. Uh, but in this yeah. argument it's like no no I'm so brittle and old respect your elders and do nice things for me yeah no not, I'm not saying I'm brittle I'm just saying at my at my age I can still look down and read comics <laughs> that's all I have a strong neck I guess I, I have never I mean it's not my not my number one way to read a comic book but I have never had an issue just leaning on my arm and looking down if I, if I put a book yeah. on a table he's gonna have Paige hold it and turn the page for him oh, I don't it's in her name it's in her name yeah yeah all right, let's get out of here. He's gonna eat. Uh, yeah, no, I do have to. Eat. I'm starving. I, I've got to eat as well. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the other right, thing. Cool. Is Paige is pissed at him because now she has to do all the cooking and dishes because oh, she she is fuming. Genuinely. <laughs> also, she was like, "Shit, how are you gonna cook Christmas dinner?" I'm like, yeah, about that. It's gonna be like uh, Gordon Ramsay, where you're just yelling at her. Yes. No, I'm just yeah. I'm ordering a takeaway. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Smart. I, I, I love like, the idea that Connor's going to try and do the thing where he holds up the slices of bread on her face to call her an idiot sandwich, but he can only do it with one. So he's like, "You're an idiot." Like open face the bread yeah. in between, like, yeah. like that, <laughs> around it. By the way, I thought that was a real thing, and then I realized it was from like a, a bit that he did. Um, yeah, on, from on his health kitchen stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. There was a celebrity that he was doing that too. Never realized that before. Aye, so it was like more. It was it was more inclined to just do stupid, silly stuff for the yeah, humor. Yeah, the, yeah. The and she was going along with it too. I legit thought that was from Kitchen Night or whatever his show, Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Like, I, think it, I yeah, think it was, it was a, I, a parody version of it, essentially. Yeah, it? yeah but I, I thought it was from an actual episode because that's on brand for him. So I think that says a lot, though. That if you don't know, you just go sure. Yeah. And that person probably had it coming. Next, you'll be telling me that that clip of Ancient Aliens where the guy goes, Aliens, is like a parody version of the real show. Which isn't. But <laughs> I mean, that show is a parody of, of history. Was it a parody, though, or was it just unaware of what it was? Yeah. Well, I would. I could make the argument that's where why we're in a lot of the spots we are now because right, of stuff like that parody is intentional that that guy should uh team up with tommy wiseau get tommy wiseau to make a documentary about uh <laughs> about, let, about let, me, let me just tell you uh one of, one of the science teachers I, I used to work with big fan mm. of that guy from ancient aliens and it it makes me worried for what type of mm. science they were teaching in that class oh matt um i, I watched uh, santa slay this week starring bill goldberg that was a uh, an experience Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. It had a lot. It had a lot of people. James Caan was at it. Uh, uh, what you call it? Amelia de Clark from from Lost was at it. Um, uh-huh. yeah, but you led with Goldberg, and that's why I'm sorry. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just Goldberg. He's Goldberg yeah. Santa. <laughs> yeah, the I mean. only time I've gotten excited to see him was when he was on the Goldbergs as the PE teacher, because that was just. Talk no. about stunt casting. We're going to get Goldberg yeah, right? to be on the Goldbergs. Yes. It, it worked. So, all right, cool. Let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> uh, so, guys, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this uh, fairly supersized episode. We'll see you next time. So keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost at the Speed Force. Yeah, part three and- of the Curse of Connor. 
Darksiders, addicted to crack.